get a mates WWE Hall of Famer here, Bushwhacker Luke, and I'm on WPOV Global. Привет, my friends. Welcome to another Soviet edition of Wrestling POV Globals, you American communist dog. Hey, welcome. What was that all about? Hey, guys. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling POV Global. Do, do, you, have, do you have a special guest there with you that, I, we don't, I, that we are not aware of? Someone logged on with a weird number. You said it. Like, what is this? It looked like Russian letters. I don't know who that was. We got rid of them, folks. But we just want to say welcome to another edition of Wrestling POV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, that blabbermouth himself, the guy who just won't shut the F up. We're talking about the gentleman, Elio Canelo. All right, never shut up. Yeah. What's going on? Which is really funny because I could have swerved that last second and said Andy Anderson just to see the look on his face. But also, you thought I was going to nope. maybe go for it though, right? No, no, I know exactly who you're talking about. Talks <laughs> right. too much, blabbermouth. It's obviously Elio. That's that Elio. That, that's why he's restricted to 100 words or less. Yes, and that's by the request of fans. Yes. Um, I'm sure mistaken fans love me. They love it when you're muted. And <laughs> and our other co-host, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, good to see you, brother. Pleasure as always. Well, you know what, guys? We're going to be talking some AEW, but uh, we sent out a bunch of questions and polls. we got some interesting stuff we're going to talk about in the first half of this program. And why don't we start off right away with our hot topic of the week. And that our hot topic right now, of course, is coming up. And is, I don't know, I, I always laugh because every time I think that uh, companies have used up the names of whatever new show there was that's coming up, they managed to surprise me and come up with a name I would never see coming. But apparently winter <laughs> is coming. <laughs> So, um, and the main event, of course, at AEW's Winter is Coming is not a Game of Thrones thing, though I guess that's why they ripped the name off. It will be Jon Moxley defending his title against Kenny Omega, the winner of that mini tournament that we all saw coming a miles away. So the question here is, guys, we're going to throw this out here and we're going to see how the fans react and, and, and see what, what our, our poll says. Who do you guys think is going to walk out as the champion? Who's going to win here? Is it going to be... Kenny Omega taking that belt, or is John Moxley going to defend that belt and walk away? And I'm going to start off today with the lone wolf, the elder statesman of our show, telling us how it is. The Throw elder it out there, statesman, Andy. aren't you older than I am? Ancient <laughs> secret. Andy, um, what do you, how do you see this match? I, I'm really not sure, which actually makes me happy. Just because, because uh, as we've talked in previous episodes, to me, uh, you know, like I think at one point you mentioned, like, wow, you're surprised that they're having the match so quickly. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. but this could be the beginning of something, like a genesis mm -hmm. of a storyline versus, oh, they're rushing something. So, I mean, whether it doesn't really matter to me who comes out with the belt. Like, I think this is the beginning of something that's going to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wonder... If it's, you know, we, we've talked about uh, Kenny doing a heel turn. We've talked about kind of like the potential of a four horseman group, which mm -hmm. would make sense if Kenny was the world champion. Um, 
and, and I don't know. I mean, sometimes when we talk about uh, matches and predictions, it's like, you know, I go, if I go with my head, I go one way. If I go with my heart, I go another way. Uh, I'd, I'd almost like to say that here uh, in my heart, I would like to see Kenny win it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm hoping that that would be like a shift in character and, and just like a, you know, it would change the landscape of uh, AEW, which I don't think would be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe Boxy will hang on and they'll have him chase it a bit more before uh, before he eventually gets it. Well, I'm not going to let you slip away so easily. I want to know a definitive <laughs> which guy right now. It can change tomorrow. It can change yep. in the yep. beat of a heartbeat. But as you're sitting there at this moment, who do you think is going to walk away the champion that winter is coming? Do we know how far along Rene is? Uh, Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. Um, well, that's no, a, I mean, that's it, called insider trading, and that's illegal in <laughs> No, um, actually, I have no clue. I didn't even know she was expecting till tonight. So, well, I don't think anybody did. I think because I think even Jim Ross or somebody said like that was kind of he kind of like uh, let the bag let the cat out of the bag there. Yeah. So, so I have I have no clue. But uh, j- just throw throw a dart in the air and, and see. All what right. Happens. Well, today today I'm gonna say today I'm gonna say Kenny's gonna take it. Got it. All right, Elio. Okay. Your your thoughts on this matchup? So Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I'm gonna go with Kenny Omega. We. The first half of Moxley's uh, championship reign uh, was good. His the promos weren't as good as they've been as of re- as of late. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's time for like a new to have, to have a new champion. So I'm gonna go with Omega. Okay. Yeah. Now you know what, Andy. You said some really telling things there, and you made me. Did you notice when you okay? You brought up that whole. I've been pushing that four horsemen idea for a while with Kenny, yeah. and I'm on board with it with you. Did you notice the suit he wore just screamed Ric Flair <laughs> before a thing back in the day of the Horseman? Not the exact full, but when 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 Flair would do those kind of casual jerky kind of things, he'd have that yeah. kind of open suit thing. Totally suit. was what Kenny Omega was wearing tonight. I like that little nod. And it's, um, it's the first time we've kind of seen that because as you guys yep. would like to point out, he's usually... Uh, wearing the the shorts, he's you know shirt on is yeah. very casual, so, which I think was know. by design. Now, now that you think about it, I think it was totally to show us the shift in character here. I hope so. And then the whole subtle, I loved uh, Moxley being laid out. We'll get to that, but his whole reactions to it yep. were perfect yep. heel without yep. being the screaming heel. It was the smart yep. man heel. Subtle it was subtle. Subtle, and I see the direction here of. Um, of uh, Moxley's promos. They've been stronger, but do you notice what he's talking about a lot? He's talking about getting beat up a lot. He's talking about getting tired, but still fighting on. He's reminding us that he is the good guy. And I think that is going to what plays into the story a lot. And I think what we're going to see here is Kenny is going to win the belt to set up a long-term rebuild for Moxley for him to re, you know, the Rocky story. Yeah, Rocky's yeah, been yeah. defending. He finally gets beat. He needs time to recharge, refocus, retrain, and come back for the big fight again. Um, in my opinion, I definitely think we're going to see Kenny Omega win the belt here, and I think it elevates both men. I don't think, I don't think uh, Moxley's going to lose anything here. His no. luster. He's 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 had a great solid year. He's been fighting big guys left and right. They've been leaving marks. So it, it's when he loses the belt here, I don't think people are going to go, oh, yeah, that's it for Moxley. Um, instead, it's painted him more of a like, oh, 
he got beat down pretty good before this happened, maybe some time off, he could turn around and be the monster Moxley down the road. And I think it finally elevates Kenny. We've seen him portrayed as either in the background, is the quiet guy, then the fool, then the goof. Now he's refocused everything into the, you know, he has the cheesy entrance, which is uh, grandiosing himself while mocking others, but also doing it in a light as if it's like his seriousness. You know, yeah. he's he, he's playing the, the jerk heel who doesn't realize he's the jerk. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which is a nice approach. What a different, you know, you're not going to get the screaming and the, the crazy thing. Although he might. I would like to see him go the Ric Flair every now and then. Every now and then lose his crap and start, you know, ripping his clothes off and throwing his shoes and shit like that. That would be some funny stuff. But uh, I think we're going to see Kenny take this one. And I think we're going to a long-term rematch down the road with Moxley being rehabilitated in the end. Uh what do the fans have to say about this and what kind of percentage marks? Okay, so 86% went with Omega, while 14% went with Moxley. And wow. now we're going to take a look at the comments. Rick's round the third. Uh, Who? Uh, <laughs> Rick's round the third says, I honestly think Omega will win, but for me, Moxley has had the best year of wrestling and has made stars out of everyone he comes across. His prose and storytelling has been top-notch, and I want him to hold that belt for as long as he can. Oh, yeah. Hey, Lance Archer and Brian Cage are just superstars these days. Yeah, sorry. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that comment. Yeah, But I do agree he's had some of the best matches in the last year for a top main event status, right. I would think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dusty Riley says, when Kenny Omega was in New Japan, I saw videos and heard about him almost every day. Since he went to AEW, I feel he's been invincible. Omega invincible or invisible? It says invisible. Yes, invisible. Sorry, you I said invincible. Been, I feel he's been invisible. Omega all day, though. No one kicks out of the angel. That is true. The one-wing angel has been one of the most protective finishing moves in the last five years. Josh Sanders says, Omega, but would be a great match. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Durkin said, the cleaner. Kenny yep. Omega hasn't had a singles push like this in a few years. He could be one of the most decorated AEW champions of all time. Wow. Some high praise there. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, that being said, with the one wing angel being so protected, I guarantee in five years it'll be a, tra a transitional move or something <laughs> <Yeah>. else. <laughs> Omega himself will use it as a transitional move. So. Sorry, we just had folks on a recent episode of WPOV Quarantine. We talked about finishes and we talked about... Uh, uh, holds and stuff like that and there has been this horrible trend of moves that have been protected and, and look so great in five to ten years fall out of favor and become just another transitional move and check out that episode coming up soon I believe it's coming up next Tuesday where we you'll see what we mean and it's it, yeah. you, you can share in the joke with us when we talk about how protected the one wing angel is so all right so it sounds like the fans are really behind Kenny Omega um, and it'd be good like if if anything uh we, what we don't have to worry about here is uh, that thing of where they bring in a guy, they hype the shit out of him, and then he doesn't live up to the potential. Yeah, We know that Kenny can live up uh, physically and his wrestling style to whatever potential's there. Let's see if they can get the character stuff done. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's take a look at a question that I threw out there because I, uh, I was curious about this myself, is what... Where does Eddie Kingston go from now? I mean, he had this really meteoric rise. He comes in, 
fills in uh, fills in for a championship match when um, Lance Archer couldn't uh, make the thing because of COVID. Got a title shot, lost, but managed to parlay himself into a second and a main event uh, match at a pay-per-view at that. Uh, but then he lost again. Um, now, if he wasn't so charismatic, and I think probably one of the best promo guys out there right now, I wouldn't care, but he is. So it makes me wonder, what does the future hold? What does the future of AEW hold? Where do you guys see him going? And I'm going to throw out to, uh, I'll throw it to you, Andy. Where do you see, in your mind, what do you do with Eddie Kingston now? Does does he fall fall to the mid card? Does he stay up in the high parts? What, what do they do with him? Where do you see it going? I hope. Uh, I, it's funny because people are like, I, I like his promos because I find him credible, credible and believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I buy into the hype that he's like the best promo or one of the best promos. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know that notwithstanding, I like I enjoy what he does. Um, based on what I saw tonight, I'm actually. I'm not excited. I'm, I, I was happy to see what I saw mm-hmm. as far as, uh, you know, like w- his involvement with, uh, with the, the death triangle. Uh, what are, the dark, are they called dark, dark triangle? Death, death triangle. triangle. Death triangle. What you can't have a dark name. order and a dark. You can't have a dark. Yeah, yeah. Order. I just can't have dark and dark. Yeah. So Still, death dark. triangle sounds ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, if, if they go but, up against the happy rhombuses. Anyway. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like part of it you know it always comes back to like to me it's like okay well you know aw's got all this talent but they only mm-hmm. have the two hours i'm not counting darks mm-hmm. and then, you know and you can only do yeah. so much with, with so many people so um i think it's tough to say and and you know because in covid kind of throws in the proverbial monkey wrench too right because you can mm-hmm. have something going on as you know case in point with lance archer and eddie kingston and moxley so uh I, I hope that he can stay in the the upper tier. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know if it's possible. If, if it's possible <laughs> with, with what they go, what they have going on, and just just with the amount of time. But mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I know we'll touch on this later. I, I was I was very happy to see um, what developed with the uh, with the family there and with uh, the death triangle because to me that's some storytelling, and this is something that I've kind of harped on week in and week out yeah. is some consistent storytelling. And I was happy to see that. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Elio. So for, for me, um, I'm not uh, really sure what uh, the future holds. I hopefully he stays up like in the upper card mm-hmm. level, but um, I want to see where this whole uh, death triangle and, the family story goes and how that plays out. So I can't really say for sure like what they're going to do with him, but I'm mm-hmm. liking what I saw tonight. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this is uh, Eddie, Eddie here has, he's gotten really in the forefront because of a bunch of unforeseeable events happened in the background to be able to thrust him into where he is. And yes, he seems to have the chops to, to really talk his way around here. But there's a few things that, that he, I think he has against him, okay? Uh, first of all, uh, as much as we hate to admit it at some times, uh, television especially, it's a visual medium. Um, Eddie Kingston does not look like an impressive wrestler physically when you look at him. As a matter of fact, he looks like the average guy off the street. 
he even doesn't he doesn't even dress to accentuate and which other guys and wrestling people v have talked about that he almost has this sloppy indie look to him when he when he gets out there and um and that can be a problem that can be a problem because unless you can 125 percent deliver on the promo and storytelling it's pretty hard to get past the look you know you know for a fact that wwe in vince mcmahon's eyes would never look at eddie kingston he never even gave the guy a tryout i don't think probably just based on that you know his pure looks um i think uh the rise of Kenny Omega means the downfall of Eddie Kingston because without that connection story with Moxley, Kingston has no room in the main event. He has no reason to go after Omega. Omega has no reason to ever be interested in him if he's champion to defend to him. There's no ties there. Obviously uh, Omega is going to have some kind of group eventually around him. That's the way yeah. it, it seems like it's going. And I don't think that, that Eddie will be able to penetrate into that. To, to get to him so uh storytelling and all that fortuitous stuff just doesn't work with the kenny omega stuff happening um i am like i said with you guys i don't want to sound like we're all beating the same bush here but what happened today with the death triangle and butcher and the blade and stuff gives me hope because what happened not only keeps eddie relevant for the first time in a long time, Butcher and the Blade were elevated tonight to look more than just jobber idiots. Yep. That was something that presses me. So it makes me feel good because that was the point of Eddie being with these guys is he was supposed to bring them up a level and he has done that for all four of the guys through different ways. So we'll get yeah. to that. So where does it can put I, Eddie? Like, Sorry. Can I Go offer ahead. one long shot here though? You yeah. said like there's, there's no ties or anything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, and we always talk about suspension disbelief and how yep. much we're, we're going to go. But um, I will give slight disagreement to the fact of you saying that there's no connection mm -hmm. because I could see, well, I don't say I could see, but it's entirely possible mm -hmm. that you could have at some point uh, down the road, if need be or whatever, mm -hmm. let's say, you know, Moxley is going to be having a child and wants to take some time off or something like that mm -hmm. and is getting a beat down you know he's, he's he's chasing Kenny Omega he's getting that beat down and who comes to save him yeah yeah no I, you know I, part of me as you were saying that I was just getting ready to go no no balls are, no no they're like whoa wait a second no he's got a really good point <laughs> the whole story is predicated on a friendship turned upside down yeah. So why can't that friendship flip over? You may hate your buddy, but then you see him getting beat by someone. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I may have been mad and beat him, but that deep down inside, he's my friend and no one's touching his ass but me. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. You know, and that's, and, and that would be one hell of a callback, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think that would be, uh, I, again, depending on how the landscape is in four months, mm -hmm. six months, eight months, you know, it could be something. The only thing that worries me in that scenario is I really don't think Kenny Kingston, uh, I don't think he can, I don't, Eddie, Eddie sorry, Kingston Eddie, or Kenny sorry. Omega. I'm, I'm mixing them up. Yes. Uh, I don't really think that Eddie Kingston can run uh, with Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega at full, at a full blast wrestling well, match. I, I don't, their styles are nowhere alike. And, and when Kenny Omega gets going, man, you have to run with him. He doesn't slow down. But you know what though, but with Kenny's mm -hmm. versatility, that could be mm -hmm. something where, you know, it might not even be, about the title it could mm -hmm. just be about the revenge of the friend it doesn't have to be wrestling matches it could be the street fights it could be you mm -hmm. know a bunch of just you know okay 
that stuff where for a short time, you know, you're getting the revenge and maybe he knocks, you know, Kenny down or he knocks Kenny down a peg mm-hmm. and then Mox comes back or somebody else comes into the picture. You never know. Okay. We'll give it that. We'll give it that. But I'm going to say that if I didn't see what I saw today, I really would have thought Kingston's just going to fall down to the bottom side. He's going to be down there with the Myros and the, the Sabians and the guys who are, you wonder why they get weekly TV because they're not being presented as they should be. Um, I see him falling into that down the road, but now I have some hope and I see him middle to upper card. I don't see him being a top carder because let's face it, he never really was. He got in there by a cool storyline. And I'm pretty sure if that fluke thing with, uh, with Archer Archer hadn't happened, we probably would never have seen Kenny in this position for a very long time. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we got any comments on this one? We got one comment from Archie Adams. Okay. RJ Adams says probably TNT championship, but they could they could really use a dude like him in Japan. Hmm. Could they really use a guy like him in Japan? That's an interesting question. Um, we watch a lot of app Japanese wrestling, and I'm not sure what that comment means because I don't see his style really fitting into what New Japan is promoting right now. Anyways, do do you see that, Elio? Am I missing something here? I mean, we watch a lot of New Japan. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't did, see how he would fit in. Did he yeah. say New Japan or just Japan? Well, he said just Japan, but most fans who, like, unfortunately, like... And most fans most, associate that with the New Japan wrestling. Yeah, American fans seem to, like, not really look like... You can't even... I don't even know if, if we even get an All Japan or DDT or any of those shows at, in any form in North America at all. I've, I've only seen NJPW. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, and that being said, um, I find that a very weird mix because mm-hmm. you could say, oh, well, he could be something new, but New Japan has its own style, which is very regulatory to a certain way. And I don't think they make concessions. They're, they're very stubborn in <laughs> keeping their style, their style. So uh, I might have to get, uh, was, was it RJ? Is that what you said his name R- was? RJ Adams. RJ. RJ, I like the way you think, but uh, I'm not sure if uh, I can agree with it too much about the, J- the Japanese thing. All right, so let's move on to uh, our next uh, topic of speech here. We're going to move on to, uh, we'll do the quickly, who's the Sean one? Because uh, I just find that, I find that interesting. I find this all interesting, but I mean, this week's interesting because um, of the, the people involved. This week we're asking who is Sean, and they'll finish it off over on POV, uh, is between the, t- the tag team of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. All right, and I'm going to start with Elio. Elio? Who and, and and we'll define the Sean in any way you guys want, you know. Uh, who's who's going to come out at the end having the who's the better who's going to be the better wrestler, the better longevity, who's going to have the better whatever going, ways you want it. I'm going with Shayna Baszler. And why would you do, pick Shayna Baszler? I'm going with Shayna Baszler because uh, well we we've seen the Nightjack. She's been the women's champion. She's current the current uh, women's tag team champion, but she also has a. a She's also been known to like hurt her opponents in the ring. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, for that I'm, reason, I'm going with Ashina Baszler to, as a shot of the group. All right. All right. Andy, you want to weigh in on this one? I know you're not usually the biggest WWE fan at times. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm also going to go with Shayna, and that's okay. more on a like, like potential. Mm-hmm. To, for me, um, kind of prior to, I don't know if it was the pandemic time or what, I, I was never really, I've never really been a big fan of Nia's. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when they there was a months back, and I'm not sure the timeline on this. Uh, you know, they had it where, where, where she was like beating was it she wasn't she like beating up uh, some of the personnel or whatever, and she yeah she yeah she she, she uh, pushed that uh, one official or whatever yeah. around yeah I don't, you know I'm sorry go ahead. No, okay. I was gonna say, don't forget when she punched Becky Lynch and actually yeah. broke her oh, nose. Yeah. And, and it's yeah, oh, but but I'm not even talking about like the injuries and, and right. stuff like that. I'm, I'm just talking about at at that point with with that angle. Uh, to me, it was almost like one of two things because I think that was also right around the time like close to like Raw Underground starting. So for me, at that point, I was kind of like, I hope she either goes away, or it's like okay, maybe maybe I'll give her a shot on raw underground. Cause you know, if, if she's mm-hmm. hurting people and all this stuff, raw underground almost made sense. Right. But then they put her in. And just when I thought like, I, I know whatever it was right around the time when they started teaming her with Shayna, I was like, like, you know, let her be gone. I'm not going to miss her. And they put her with this tag team. And to me, this is the most I've enjoyed her mm-hmm. is in this tag team. But having said that, like it, it just, the, the the chemistry between them the kind of the bit of the odd couple um the you know we're here she's a bit more of a bully this just seems especially having like Shayna beside her it just seems more natural mm-hmm. and i think that's why i enjoy it so right. that was that's been kind of like my saving grace for naya has been what she's done in this tag team with with Shayna. but overall i i think there's still a lot more potential to be had with Shayna. okay now you know I I've been uh, thinking long and hard on this one too, and uh, I I unlike you two guys um, I've always kind of enjoyed Nia Jax I have um, my, my my biggest thing with with Nia Jax though is when she's portraying the bad guy monster you don't really feel she's the monster like she just seems like the person playing the monster yes you know. And so it's, and it's like, I've never bought her as actually being mad enough to really do something or, you know, and when she's hurting people, it's because it's a sloppiness. It's not because she was really mad and, and was injuring somebody. It was more like, oh, she got sloppy and, and, and hurt someone. Um, Now I, I love Shayna Baszler. I've loved her from, you know, I I fell in love with Shayna Baszler from her voice alone. When I used to hear her do podcast interviews with stuff. I was like, her voice is amazing, right? I had no idea what she even looked like, you know? Uh, so I started following her when she came in the WWE, and I was very much impressed with how quickly she uh, had this transition from MMA to wrestling. It was, it was very seamless, you know? Uh, people like to harp about Ronda Rossi. Ronda only had the name. Mm-hmm. She didn't really have anywhere the skill that I think Shayna has as a wrestler. By As a wrestler, uh, Shayna would wrestle circles around Rhonda. I'm sorry. Rhonda's a, a great MMA fighter. Um, and she's got this great name and then in this presentation, but she definitely struggles in her matches and you watch them. Shayna does not, you know, um, that being said, I really think there's so much more talent and potential in Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Okay. The only thing, the only thing that holds me and makes me feel a little bit leery is the fact that uh, Shane is quite a bit older uh, than uh, Nia Jax. I mean, she's like 32 or 34 or something. Uh, for a women's wrestler in the WWE, that's not a lot of window left of time to do much. Well, Nia, I believe, is only in her mid-20s, so she's probably could potentially still be used a lot right. longer, yeah, you yeah. know? And Shayna started so late in her wrestling career. I mean, she was already 30, 31 when she actually got in there that 
it's uh she didn't get to 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 show as much as she possibly could had she started young like Naya. So in the end, when we're trying to judge who's going to be the one with the thing, um conventional wisdom might tell you to go with Naya because of the age thing and she'll have a much bigger body of work. But I think the Shana, the way she shines and the way she brings it out, that even though she'll have maybe half the career in wrestling as Naya, I think that half will burn brighter. So I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler too. Kind of like a quality over quantity. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, why don't we just look over uh, on some of our comments here. Uh, Josh Sanders says, Shayna is the Sean. She can outperform Naya easily. Oh. Simple and to somebody, the point. Yeah. And Labrisha Chapman says, Nia Jax needs to leave Raw. Now I'm going to take that as meaning she thinks that she, you know, is not good enough to be on Raw. Yeah. Or um, that's what I'm going to take it as. Yes. So not not like she needs to go to move to SmackDown <laughs> yeah, or anything. Or AEW or whatever. Yeah. So okay, fair enough. So uh, do we have any kind? Of, oh, we don't. This is being finished off over on WPOV. So this is just our weigh-ins as we're headed in. And I know Elio, you're going to be on WPOV this week, and. Uh, you're going to have to see what Rick Serrano the third is. He hasn't put it. Of course, he hasn't made a comment because he's going to have to leave it for his show. <laughs> right. To say it. All right. And the last thing we're going to talk about today uh, before we move on to our AEW dive is our interdimensional, interpromotional, intercontinent. I'm running out of inters. Intergalactic. Um, Intergal- How could I forget intergalactic? Man, Zorg on the planet X5 is going to be so pissed at me. I'm sorry, dudes. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Zorg. Um, what? Our, our matchup this week is, is an interesting one. From WWE, we have Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. And from AEW, we have Adam Page. Now, I'm going to give you guys a quick laugh before we get into this. I don't know why, but when I first read that, I wasn't, you know, sometimes you read things and you're not really paying attention in your head. And you just kind of read it and do some stuff. I started calculating this thing. And this is what's really dumb because I read it as Adam Cole. <laughs> So I had this whole reason why Adam Cole was going to be better. <laughs> and then I went, wait a minute, Adam Cole is in NXT. Why, why would they put, did that say Cole? Oh, shit, that says Paige. Okay, this is, I just spent a whole time thinking, that's my life, folks. I give you the mirror, I, I give you my Miro sigh. Yeah. <laughs> so our matchup this week, uh, Adam Page and... Uh, Adam Page, Adam Page, and uh, I lost it. Who Dolph, are we doing? Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. All right, uh, Elio, you chat box. Why don't you uh, start blabbing and tell me who you think is going to? Okay, so th- there are times when I've liked Dolph Ziggler, at times I didn't like Dolph Ziggler much. Uh, mm-hmm. This one, I'm going to go with Adam Page because. While Dolph Ziggler's had the World Championship, Tag Team Championships, he's been around longer. And Paige uh, has had ROH behind him. He's got AEW. He's been a Tag Team Champion for a year. So, um, and I just like his uh, whole, uh, his whole persona, the whole cowboy look that he comes out. So I thought I'd um, jump on Andy with that. Sorry. So I'm going to go with uh, Adam Page on this one. Okay. Fair enough. Andy? All right. I uh, I know I'm in the minority, but I'm going to go with Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Uh, I look at this kind of two ways. For for some of some of the listeners, uh, you know, even maybe with you guys, where if you pick Adam Page over 
Dolph, in, in previous kind of head-to-heads here, uh, you know, we've run into the issue of someone usually from WWE that's had that longer tenure versus someone like, a, you know, against someone that's AEW with a, like a, a shorter career. And we're like, well, you know, based on the fact that, you know, like Sami Zayn versus Sami Cal- uh, uh, Sami Guevara yeah. uh, is that, you know, like, well, Zayn's been around longer. He's done, you know, Generico and this and this. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, you kind of almost give the time advantage to Sami Zayn. I think in this one, uh, to me, it almost feels if, if people are picking Adam Page from my perspective, yep. is almost like the time is almost working against Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. just because I think, uh, and I, and I know that it doesn't matter, but for whatever reason, it's like over the years he's to me has been like either poorly booked, misbooked, uh, mm-hmm. whether he's being punished or because he wants time off to go do a comedy tour or whatever that for the success that he's had, you know, Mm -hmm. if we're looking at success in terms of like championships and he's had some, you know, main event moments and stuff like that. uh, I think, you know, to me that still eclipses, I think whatever Adam page will potentially Mm -hmm. could potentially accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, we've kind of spoke before on this and people like it, it, it even for like i mean like dolph's gimmick it's like okay well what is he? he's the show off okay well what's a show off and and sometimes i find it's tough for the gimmick where the guys are like kind of the cocky uh you know cocky heels because you know unless you get certain certain mannerisms certain things behind you you're just a cocky heel mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i kind of saw dolph it's like okay well you know what's kind of the character but when I look at Adam Page, and we kind of joke, he's like, okay, well, he's a guy that likes to drink. He's like, well, he's a drunken cowboy. Well, to me, at least from what I've seen thus far, I mean, you know, and, and I always say I, li- I love Adam Page's shirts because I, I kind of like those styles of shirts. Yeah. I mean, and, and I've got a couple. So to me, it's like, okay, well, I could put on them. I could put on one of my fancy cowboy shirts mm-hmm. and I could carry around a glass. Mm-hmm. And other than that, okay, look at me. I'm Adam Page. Like, I don't see that. You know, okay. to this point, I don't see yeah. a lot with the, the character development. So, okay, that's why I, I don't. I, I don't. You know, they're both great workers. Mm-hmm. I think. I think Dolph is, uh, you know, head and shoulders above him, though. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, to me, the, the character thing of what's, you know, what's Hangman Adam Page? Well, you know, he's a drunken cowboy. He's Steve Austin light. He's yeah so okay um that's why and again like i said i'm dolph eh, as far as gimmick goes so my i guess what i'm saying is is i don't buy into that as much of an as an argument against oh he's got better character than dolph because to me i don't see that much there right and in the end um assuming if he spends most of his career with aew i don't have enough faith in this time for AEW's booking and using of him that he'll have the same kind of accolades and same kind of accomplishments where we can look at him and go like, wow, what a career. Okay. Okay. That, that, that's fair. A little um, long-winded. I apologize, but no, that's just, no, no, no. It's... Um, and, and, and I'm going to go, um, and this one's tough because like, I, I, I see like all the things here. And this is the kind of thing where, like I said to Andy, when I made him pick uh, between Moxley and uh, <laughs> and Omega, it could just change next week. 
yeah things go um right now though i i kind of lean a little towards um i lean towards adam page only for the fact if adam page was to go to wwe i would totally say dolph <laughs> because uh look at dolph ziggler here is yes he's he's very accomplished if you look at his numbers right but he falls into that category of there's like a, a, a large list of guys who are the champion in WWE who you don't even really remember they were the champion until somebody reminds you and shows you, you know, so unremarkable are their reigns after they win it or the way they lose it, that it kind of takes away from the, they're, they're not considered, you know, if you're considered a champion in the old days, I mean, if, if, you know, Steve Austin in the mind of the WWE fans should have been on the same level as Hulk Hogan and Bruno Sammartino, right. But there's no way that you can say Dolph Ziggler is on that level ever because he's been presented as this almost sometimes as if he finally fluked a win in. And then when he got it, he couldn't keep it. And I think that just is a downplay there. Um, so far. Yes. Adam Page is the drunk cowboy, which is kind of a dumb gimmick. And uh, hopefully that is something that's going to be addressed now that he's no longer in this team and, and whatever. Um, but he hasn't been ruined in that potential yet with the potential that he could win a belt down the road and make himself a credible champion for a while. Like when Mox loses the belt, we're still going to remember in a few months that Mox was the champion, right? Yeah. Um, you look at Chris Jericho, in two years, three years, if, if, if he finished in AEW tomorrow and went on and did other stuff, I bet you in five years when we talked about his accomplishments, we probably might not even have listed AEW, only if the fact that he was the first champion. Because his presentation as champion was okay, but it wasn't the bar set. Unlike Moxley, who's been setting a high bar, despite the fact not the greatest contenders. So what I'm saying here is that Adam Page does still have the potential to win a belt and be presented as a serious upper tier guy. Is it going to happen? Don't know. Is it possible? Very much. He's big. He has a lot of talent. Got to work on the character for sure. But at the same time, poor Dolph Ziggler has gone to the top of the mountain. Unfortunately, nobody was looking and nobody remembers. And the guy fell asleep and the camera was didn't have film in it. And it's a sad state of affairs, but that's how he was treated in his company. So at this moment, I'm going to only go with Adam Page. But I got to tell you, I don't think if, if, if Adam Page ever ends up in the WWE, I think he could be on the same level. <laughs> Dolph will get it for having been there longer and wrestled better competitors. Yeah. So that that's that's a sad state of affairs to look at it that way. I'm sorry, guys, if I'm being a little jaded. But uh, that's what I'm going to have to run with this week. I'm going to go. And it has nothing to do uh, with, oh, WWE versus AEW. It's just the way Dolph has been presented and so far the way Adam Page has been presented. So we'll go with that. All right, folks. Now we're going to go to a quick break before oh, we, we do, have one. We have one comment. We have a comment. Let's hear that comment. Sorry, from Rick Smith the third trying to zoom again. Oh, okay. Says so as much as I love Ziggler, and I do, I have to go with Paige. Adam again. Ziggler is a great wrestler and seller, but character-wise, what has he done? Paige is a freaking cowboy and an amazing in-ring talent. For me, it's Paige. Okay. And Mix around the third. And we, have, I, and we have numbers. I go back to my earlier comment. You're like, what, <laughs> I'm sorry, what has Dolph done? It's like he's a freaking cowboy. 
Why? Because <laughs> he rode a horse once. He wears a cowboy type shirt and he carried around a glass. And then, you know, you know what? A school teacher. You know what? I. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a cowboy shirt and uh, you can take a glass and you know what, maybe take Miguel Cole for a ride because he's a jackass and you could be a cowboy. Oh, I oh, still want to wow. see Cowboy Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new gimmick, Cowboy Andy. Cowboy you... Andy. And we, we have the numbers in, we have okay. 64 went with Peach, while 36 went with Ziggler. Interesting. So two thirds kind of going. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, interesting. But no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we head off to our uh, break, we didn't, because we were so wrapped up in AEW last week with Full Gear and talking about the show and stuff like that, we did not mention that New Japan had a show uh, featuring uh, some of the ramifications out of the G1 tournament, including a big main event where current world, you know, he's the IWGP champion which is their equivalent to their world champion and he also holds their intercontinental belt mm -hmm. we're talking about uh tatsuya naito defended his belt against uh evil and won so this was a a first uh good title defense i guess it would be his uh, first defense wouldn't it because he won the title from evil you know before yeah. the g1 uh also of note uh the g1 uh the g1 winner who got the uh, briefcase with the contract in it, uh, we're talking about Koto Ibushi, uh, lost that briefcase to Jay White. Oh. So it means he went through that whole tournament to lose his thing in one shot. But then New Japan released that they would be doing Wrestle Kingdom as two nights, and then Naito would defend his title both nights if he still had it. And so he's agreed to not only take on Jay White, who is holds the contract, but he's also given Koto Ibushi a match. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out at the end of the year. You and know, was, sorry. We, we we went through a whole month of that G1 climax and Ibushi finally won and now he goes and loses it to Jay White. I'm going to say it, that is kind of a piss off of having to sit through. I mean, how many, we watched it over a month. You know, it was like every day of wrestling for a thing. To, to have the main prize taken away is a bit of a kick in the balls. I'm going to say that in New Japan. I get why they do it, having to move with the COVID thing, having to split it up into two nights to check. Because let's face it, they can't even have anywhere. They're going to be half half seating. They're going to be whatever. So they split it up into two nights. And uh, I get why they did it, but still a bit of a kick in the ass. And, and it took a, lust, a luster off the G1 because, you know, that was our thing, man. The G1, this is setting the new tone. And a little bit disappointing. I'll, I'll give it that. I'll give it that. So, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, but before we do, I want to remind you that we are one of a couple shows here on the WPOV Wrestling Network. Right now, you're listening to WPOV Global. That features Elio Canella, the Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson, and me, the legend, where we take a chance to, to dive into some of the topics going on in the indie wrestling world. Uh, we also delve very deep into AEW and take apart the AEW Dynamite show and, and see what we get out of it, where we think things are going. Uh, if you're a big fan of the WWE, you have to check out WPOV Wrestling every Saturday, uh, featuring Rick Serrano III, Tony Diaz, and Miguel Cole, where they take a look at everything going on within the WWE. They cover all the shows except the WWE, NXT UK, and uh, they also do a little thing called the Wednesday Night Delight where they match up AEW versus NXT and we all get a vote and we decide which was the better show this week. And uh, also check out WPOV Quarantine featuring the three of us here 
where we bring on, uh, it's a Zoom format show where you can actually see what's going on the whole show. We bring on some couple of wrestlers from who knows where, from who they are. We've brought, we've had women wrestlers. We've had uh, veterans. We've had up and comers. We've had big name former WWE guys. Uh, we sit around and we talk for about an hour, hour and a half about some really good wrestling topics. It's a fun time where everyone has input and we ask questions and we really get to the root of the questions that we have concerning professional wrestling. A lot of great episodes. Check those out. And don't forget w, uh, sorry, WPOV Aftermath. After each big main event, we tr as many of us as we can between the full network as, as we can, log on, do a show together, talking about right after that show happened. Survivor Series is this week. I've committed myself to joining this week's Aftermath. I'm not sure if, if Elio and Andy are joining or not. We'll, we'll see. I'm not going to put them on the spot and make them say yes or no. But uh, we're going to be uh, talking about the Survivor Series and, and some of the interesting things happening on there. So you can check out all those shows. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, and MySpace? I'm not sure. Anyways. Never better wherever better podcasts are found that is right amen andy all right and uh, before we head over there elio please tell everybody where they could write in whether they have some kind of questions comments where they want to say that andy has the sexiest beard ever <laughs> where uh where elio looks like he should be outside parked with a van which says free what? candy outside of a high school <laughs> or, <laughs> or if they think that maybe i missed my calling working for the circus i don't know whatever you guys want to say write in uh where can they write in audio so you can write in on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Elio, Elio, yes, what, sir. What kind of free candy do you have? Oh, get in the van and find out, Andy. <laughs> okay. Trust me, I, I got it. I hope it's it Kit Kat or Reese peanut butter cups. Oh, there will be cups involved. All right, <laughs> folks. What's going get on? Back from, when we get back, we're talking AEW dive. Hi, this is Mr. Beefy Goodness Vance Nevada, and you are listening to WPOV Global. Hey, folks, we're back. Uh, before we get into the show, let's talk about T-shirts. We have T-shirts available on the WPOV network. If you log on to www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV I look like I was a deer in the headlights for a second there when I forgot that. But uh, yes, we have four t-shirts available at $19.95 each, four different designs, one of which is the uh, WPOV Global. And uh, fine shirts, $19.95 each, help support the show. All the money that uh, comes out of these t-shirts goes into making these shows better, bigger, longer, uncut. No, wait, that's uh, South Park. Uncensored. Anyhow, <laughs> but you know what? We also, hey, rumor on the street, guys, is we have some big stuff coming up in the next little while. Stuff that you fans we want uh, to share some extra special things with you. Uh, I can't get into the things now, but I got to tell you, all of us have been working hard to bring you a bunch of stuff. So keep your eyes on that. Now let's get into uh, AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! And I'm going to preference this show with saying, damn, this was the best uh, AEW I've seen in a while. I freaking love this week's show. I thought overall as a show, there were some weak parts. We'll get to that. There's some dumb stuff. But overall, in the last, I'm going to have to say month, this was probably one of the better shows yeah. we've seen. Yeah. And I, 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 I To me to say one of the best is a bit of a stretch, but to definitely yeah. one of the better shows, I will definitely agree with you. Okay. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, we start off with a match, the Young Bucks 
and there's a whole story here. The Young Bucks taking on Top Flight. Top Flight, they introduce these guys. They have a little package showing who they are. They're brothers, a 19 and a 21-year-old. Uh, they talk about how they actually mailed. They, they said they were getting a little bored with the stuff they were doing. They sent a letter to Nick Jackson saying they wanted to fight, you know, wrestle them one day. They didn't expect anything. But Nick Jackson wrote them back and invited them to come on to AEW Dynamite for a matchup. And uh, I got to tell you guys, when we heard that this was coming, all the stuff we've heard about, I, got, I was preparing to hate Top Flight, thinking, oh, my God, is this another private party crap? crap and and just uh, hearing that name, Top Flight. Yeah, the name doesn't really do a lot for me, I'm going to yeah. say. Andy, you're shaking your head. Do you think Top Flight's an okay name? Or are we just being nitpicky dickheads here? You know what? It's it's different enough, and being the high flyers, I mm -hmm. and it's funny because what I'm going to say later on is going to be kind of you know maybe a little bit different from here. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with the name. Uh, I think yeah, I think you guys are being uh, a little grumpy, a little curmudgeonly. I guess I guess for me is because um, I tend to like look into where people steal names or get names from, and Top Flight just makes me laugh because it makes me think of golf. Yes, and, 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 <laughs> no, but, honestly, no, no. But I said when I first heard the name Top Flight. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, what the hell is that supposed to mean, Elio? But, <laughs> I, just the name. I didn't like the name when I first heard it because I didn't. I've never seen these guys, and then until tonight. Okay. So okay. 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 All right. So we get into this match. Uh, first of all, I gotta say that opening package, simple, but super effective, gave us a story going into this um i think it gave me some it gave me cred for these guys i, mm -hmm. I bought into like okay i'm a little bit interested in this right now yeah. um so the match starts uh these guys come off hot but i want to point out something really interesting i've been up and down about private party okay and one of the problems I have with Private Party is, yeah, they do a lot of cool, explosive moves, but it seems like they're two guys who are each trying to get in their own crap. And then every now and then they do a few team things, but mostly it's them, the sum, not the whole part, you know? Right. And maybe it's the fact that these two guys are brothers, and maybe that's how, like, Young Bucks managed to do it. These guys were in sync the entire match. Ne neither one of them was trying to be the the cooler star or have some kind of definitive thing they were this team unit that kept clicking and clicking pushing forward and i bought into that you know i bought into that very well uh i yeah they're young and yeah you know uh we could say there wasn't enough storytelling but that's because they're wrestling at seven times the speed of most people here yeah. but for guys who they didn't come across as just your sole private part i called them the private uh, spot fest party that I didn't see tonight I saw some guys who really tried to tell a story especially near the end of the match too it all came together there was there's a few things you could think are hope okay okay on a spot where they threw the one brother and he laid in the uh, corner for like how long till a move hit him and then he laid there for a long time till another move yeah. that kind of stuff can be hokey but all in all I came out there thinking these guys have the potential uh, and they seem to have the willingness to learn some stuff here. Okay. Now they lost the match. 
uh, at the end, the Young Bucks did their comeback. They did their thing. Who knows? Are the good are the Young Bucks good guys, bad guys? Who knows? We still are unclear what they're supposed to be. I think they're unclear what they're supposed to be. Uh, at the end of the match, however, uh, Top Flight gets jumped by uh, what are they called? H2? Hybrid Two. What the hell are those guys called? Hell. Hybrid, hybrid two. two, yeah. They never quite. They mentioned who they were when they came out again, but they didn't say hybrid. Yeah. So it was like they're H something, H something. But yes, <laughs> so uh, hybrid come out, uh, attacks these guys, and then runs off. And then the young bucks come out and shake hands and do all the stuff. So once again, who knows what the fuck they are? But uh, impressions, Andy, of this of of this match and top flight. Uh, okay. So let's, let's some positives here. Uh, the athleticism from both teams amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I right away I'm gonna jump into a negative. We we know I am not a young bucks fan. Yep. Uh, I'm not a fan of the, their general style of matches. Uh, this to me was like watching like young bucks versus younger bucks. Which <laughs> which if, yeah. if you're into that kind of like I'm gonna say this if you're into that kind of thing, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it's it was good, a, yeah. it was a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for a 19 and a 21 year old, I think, you know, for what they were able to do, uh, was great. Uh, you know, you kind of talk about with private party kind of comparing, uh, the teams and how they work in sync together, the teamwork, a lot of the double team spots, all that stuff. Uh, good again for a 19 and 21 year old, which is tough for me to say, because like I said, overall, like to me this match still going a million miles a minute uh it didn't leave me there wasn't as much you know to me there's been more i like to see, have seen more story that i could have bought into mm-hmm. and to be able to watch it these types of matches to me it's like you can't digest anything you can't you know it's like mm-hmm. everything's just boom 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 you won't really get a chance to to register mm-hmm. um one of the other things and i, and I noticed and this actually, to me, it was one of those things that kind of, proved, kind of proves one of my points is these guys can go and they can do all these maneuvers where they take, you know, an insecurity to the head, then they stagger forward, then they take another hit and they take another hit. And it takes mm-hmm. like four of these big moves to knock them down. But then, you know, in the process of uh, the comeback and going home, a guy can be standing over in the corner, gets hit with a forearm and goes flying off the apron. Mm-hmm. So to me, that says, well, that forearm was more effective than all your fancy kicks and stuff because here the guy's bouncing around like a pinball. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, not really registering, not really selling. I mean, the, these kicks look devastating, but you're not even knocking them off his feet. Whereas you hear you go give him a simple old fashioned forearm and mm-hmm. the guy goes down. C- could I say, um, when you said like the lack of story, is what yeah. might hurt these sort of things. But could we not just say that the story, honestly, is the fact of these guys who throw out a challenge to the Young Bucks and then try to out Young Buck, the Young Bucks, is the story itself only. There's no real heat because they don't know each other. This oh, no, is their no. first meeting. But for me, that's what built it. That's why I enjoyed Like, I, too, want a story. But for me, that was the story, is the fact, here's these young guys trying to prove that they can at least run with these guys. They didn't go in there with the thing saying we're going to defeat the young bucks. They wanted to prove they could be on national television. And that's fair. And you know what? I, I won't disagree with that. Cause I mean, I, I can see that as a story, but mm-hmm. I think more to my point is, you know, it's like, okay, when you're trying to, as you said, kind of out young buck, the young bucks, mm-hmm. we're already moving a million miles a minute. Mm-hmm. So that means you got to move a million miles plus one a minute. 
and it's just there's it's like again it just me it just comes down of being able to like slow down digest what's going on where right. it's like okay well i'm gonna kick you with a super kick well i'm gonna kick you with a super kick okay well we're gonna do a double super kick well we're gonna do doubles yeah and i see what you mean there you know and if you if you you know if these things aren't devastating and they're not you know selling it registering it and you're not getting any like uh any close counts on it mm-hmm. then what do you I mean at the end of the at the end of the day you're trying to win the match right uh, I, one thing I want to throw that was interesting about this is, you know what? There's many times I'm not the biggest Young Bucks fan, right? They're like car wreck spectacle. Sometimes I like to see them because it's like, oh, wow, that was a pretty cool move. Yeah. You know, but I'm not yep. invested in them because of what they are, right? Yeah, yep. But I have noticed that until tonight, I've never seen a team that could actually run with them like that. A team that kept up yep. and still came back. Like even private party struggles to keep up with them at times. That's fair. And I was like, so that impressed me that, wow, these guys are almost un- up-bucking the up-buck, the young bucks, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, but, that I did like. And, and that's and that's where I'll agree with you. And again, going back to kind of one of my initial comments of saying it's like, you know, young bucks versus the younger bucks. Mm-hmm. Which I it's love. All, Thank you. Yeah. Love that. It, it, or, you know, it's like if you were playing, you know, because I mean, video games seems to be the big thing. So like maybe if Miro and Kip are playing the, the new AEW video game, maybe they're playing the Young Bucks versus the Young Bucks. And this would be like the result. Right. Okay. So um, I guess that we, I, I see that, but that just at the end of the day, uh, just because the story is, you know, someone's trying to move faster than the other guys. Yeah. It's just not a story that I'm getting emotionally invested into. So how would you level these guys in your interest to see these guys versus private party? Not, I don't mean they're matched. I mean, like, yeah. in your mind, would you rather be watching top flight as they develop or private party as they're developing at this moment? I, it's a, it's a, it's a tough call. Uh, already being a little bit more familiar with, you know, again, that goes back to like some of our other uh, mm-hmm. questions and issues. But at the heart of it, I still, you know, and, and we've got the story of these two young kids. So that's mm-hmm. that's something. But I want to see more character. I want to see more story development. I'm not worried about the moves because mm-hmm. they could cut the amount of moves in yeah. half and still, you know, mm-hmm. put on a great match. I'd, I'd like to see where it goes with these kids. And, okay, they're the up-and-comers. They're the underdogs. Like, let's see, let's see some storytelling there. Mm-hmm. And I'd be in that in that regard. I'd be more interested in seeing how they would put that story together, mm-hmm. versus private party. Just at this point, kind of being there. You know what? Before, and bear in mind, fans, we just finished watching AEW before we got on here. We had like maybe a twenty-minute break before then, and we got onto the show. So we're not that far from root from what we saw here. And this is the first time I've seen these guys. And as I'm ta- as me and Andy are talking here. I'm realizing now what I like about this team, the one bottom line, which I'm enjoying. And the one thing that makes me not enjoy private party as much is the fact is I couldn't point out to you which brother was which during this match. I can tell you private party because they look ungangly, unlike of each other and they dress bizarrely weird. And it honestly feels like two guys got together and they're going to be a tag team as these guys I think give the feel that what people like about FTR, and I'm sorry, I'm, I know it's a different style of wrestling, but FTR aren't the kind of guys where you think, ooh, I hope they break up because I want to see how that guy does, you know? 
uh, these brother guys right now, they have that feel of a real tag team. These are two yep, guys right. who are a unit. Well, young, well, just the way, I mean, they've talked so much about, and we've even seen the guys in private party wrestle individual and stuff like that. So I think that's why I enjoy is, I think we need, and it doesn't matter what your style is. It can be this kind of style. It can be FTR style. It can be whatever. I want to see a harken back to a few more real teams, not guys waiting to break up to see how they feud. Yeah, real yeah. teams and that's what i i felt like these guys they've been just teaming together for a while the young bucks all they do is mostly just team there's an ftr does that there's not a lot of other teams though that are like that and that's that's what i like to see so i guess that's why i'm a little bit higher than them in private party because i think private party they're developing them to break up that's how i feel that they're developing these guys to someday break up feud and go on and you yeah, know yeah. whatever but uh, uh mediocre single runs yeah, if I trust, try not to say it, but that's exactly what I meant. Elio, do you want to weigh in on uh, talk yeah, to anything? I, uh, I thought this was a great match. Uh, like I said, um, these guys must have been only on AEW Dark, so haven't seen them for the first time. I really enjoyed this match and like what we've been seeing about uh, them and our private party. I'd rather see more of these guys. Now I'm going to see the more of character build. I liked it, that video package they had before the match with this telling the story about them okay fair fair so yeah and so you, i want I want, i'd rather see more from these guys than for a party and it's interesting you know as i'm looking at the thing i mean a hybrid right uh we don't get to see them very much but they're kind of presented too as a team and i think this is very interesting to have two teams that maybe their wrestling isn't alike but these are guys dedicated to being actual team members so we, now we, I'm, I'm a little more excited about that. Are they only on the park, though? Yeah, and that's a problem. They, and yeah. who knows, maybe Top Flight's going to get bumped down there till. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, we make fun of Dark a lot, but maybe it's a proving ground, and then, like, Sean Spears, you eventually get bumped up, or Scorpio, you know what they I mean? See, they seem to be pushing a lot, like, showing the results along the bottom of the screen. True. And I heard they only went under two hours this week, so that's kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> boy, bad when you, you're glad. Anyways, uh, okay, guys, I'm going to say this right off the bat. I don't want to talk about uh, the Chris Jericho <laughs> bullshit. Stuff. It was absolute ripoff garbage. There's a, there was a few moments where we could laugh, but is it really worth talking on a wrestling I was show? Tell, I was telling Andy before we went on the air, um, were, were we watching the Inner Circle in Vegas or were we, were we, were we watching The Hangover? Yeah, it was a total ripoff of The Hangover. Yeah. And the jokes weren't as funny. It's not not a ripoff. It's probably like a tribute or an homage. homage. It was a ripoff, Andy. This is wrestling. You know that. <laughs> but you know what? If you guys don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But I, I will make a couple of quick points on it. Yeah. Um, one, you know, I actually, I got a kick out of it. Oh, and, no, I found it funny. But to me, uh, whether this is being done on purpose or not, um, what I found, and, and I think part of the reason why I'm, why I enjoyed it, besides the fact that I like Vegas, is I've already, you know, like initially when this was all kind of in its early stages, we're like, okay, something's going to happen. You know, these guys are going to turn, MJF's going to do this, Jericho's going to be a baby face. And, and I don't know along the way now like and, and that, you know that's where that emotional investment was because we want to see like what's going to happen like i didn't know i didn't know, I, I didn't notice one thing now i don't know if it's just me but 
And when MJF walked into that room, saw Sammy in that or whatever that fountain, whatever, yeah. and, uh, like he was, uh, he was like uh, talking down to him and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they it can still be. That. It can still be. So, so that's still there, but you know, and, and we've talked about this in the past where, you know, we say, okay, well, it's, you know, they need to invest some time. They need to tell a story, but then you got to watch about stories dragging out. To mm -hmm. me, this has now hit the point of is dragging out. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm at a point where I don't really, I, I'm going to say like, I don't really care what happens. Mm -hmm. So yes. I, you know, I'm just taking it at, at face value, which maybe, maybe that's what I should be doing all <laughs> along. But right now, like, but, but if they're trying to do a build, where it's like, oh, what's going to happen with Jericho? What's going to happen with MGF? Yeah, like you kind of already kind of like, uh, kind of like losing my interest here. So that's why yeah. I watch this and enjoy it for what it was. You know, all you know, like some little hangover nods and to see, uh, you know, what's his name see, in the diaper. Yeah, horn swoggle. That was a bit of a low point, but uh, you know, but I thought that was Elio. <laughs> oh, sorry, Elio. Had to be a dick here. <laughs> I, you know, like I said, so for me, for what it was, mm -hmm. I got a kick out of it. It mm -hmm. gave me some chuckles. Uh, the other thing, and, and this, I noticed this uh, throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like next to no audio issues. Oh, okay. Yeah, I noticed that. The only thing that I noticed that built in the story at all was if you guys noticed, they kept showing um, Santana uh, kind of siding with MJF over mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, and yeah. Ortiz and uh, Sammy getting rather choked as this continued on. Yeah, and then there's the then whatever like a little bit of uh, the the headbutting between Wardlow and uh, Jake. Which I, I I was gonna say that, but that part just that's another where they're convoluting the story so much because we know Wardlow can't stand MJF. He's only there because he has to be there. So yeah. why would he even bother messing with the MMA guy? He should be yeah. just sort of standing back chuckling. You know what I mean? Or just yeah, be shaking his head at what MJF's yeah. doing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Maybe like I said, it's uh, you know when you There's say too convoluted, many stories going on. It, it's it's yeah, it's it's to me it's it's they've gone the other direction too much. I don't, I don't know if they're overthinking or or what, but that's maybe that's why I'm just like you know what, I'm I'm done. I'll yeah. Laugh, ha ha ha. But you know if if he turns next week, oh well. Yeah. yeah. And you're right, because the problem here is we complain sometimes that there's not enough richness or not enough callback or not enough ties to make a Build, story work. Yeah. Here, there is just way too many stories. Every one of these guys has some kind of story. So what's going to happen when the stories all come to a conclusion, instead of having a giant emotional payoff to this, we're just going to have a bunch of little explosions and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, I guess that's okay. done. Yeah. They'll, probably you know be to, they'll probably be to winter. Well, winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> Take a drink. You know what? I think they've gone from being the inner circle to the convoluted circle. Oh, my. Oh, oh wow. My. <laughs> You've uh, just been renamed. <laughs> uh, let's move on now to our next match. Um, first of all, let's, uh, really quickly, let's talk about the Mox promo. Yeah. No audio uh, issues. No audio yeah. issues. There was only one time in this whole episode that I thought we started to have an audio issue. And they and, clipped it quick. Yes, and that was when Mox was laid out in the back. Yes. Oh, okay. But uh, this one, Mox comes out. And you know what? Man, I don't know if he's just starting to do his own promos or if he's finally feeling comfortable. But he really portrayed the 
the batter champion though who hasn't given up yet you know he knows he's taken a bunch of kicks he knows he's been beat down but god damn it he's the hero here and he's going to get up and show you that he's the hero and he's not going to back down and i like that it came across as a genuine thing mock should be feeling like this he was the number one wrestler last year he took a, a hell of a beatings all through the year he still came out on top and uh for me this just just came off as a very solid not great, but a solid promo from Moxley. Andy, what did you think? Uh, you know what? It, it was uh, it was a yeah, it was a pretty good promo for me. Um, if he's, I don't know if it's just if he's getting comfortable or if it's just now that there's kind of more story, there's more history underneath. It's kind of easier to I say easier, but you've got more material to work with. Mm-hmm. versus simply I'm just a tough guy and whatever you knock me down I'm going to get back up but I'm a fighter da, 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 da. so you know there, there's a little bit more a uh, little bit more meat to the promos so I, I mm-hmm. like that uh, and hey we found out Renee's pregnant so congratulations to them all right Elio yeah um, like I said in the uh, in the hot topic earlier um, the first half of his championship run wasn't great, uh, and his uh, promos weren't the best, but the promos he's been doing as of late have been really solid, so I really enjoyed this one. You know how you know when a guy's hit a good groove is he managed to pull off a line that I guarantee you 80% of the wrestlers who try that same type of line would fall flat or look idiotic, and that was the line where he said, I'm John goddamn Moxley. The way he said it, you really felt like he was on a fire guy who believed in himself. Not as a guy pumping up his words or trying to be cut a promo. Right. It came as right from the heart. And I think that really was, that was an important part of this for me too. So good on him. Ah, uh, wow. On paper, had we said this? Oh man. Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, Andy, uh, you want to, you want to go over this one a bit for yourself? What things uh, pop out in your mind on this match? All right. Well, uh, first when Orange Cassidy came out, I was getting it prepared to uh, fast forward. Mm-hmm. And then I realized Miro was on commentary. I'm like, okay, well, this should be good. But then I still ended up fast forwarding. Actually, where I started to fast forward was in the opening spot when uh, Cassidy mm-hmm. does the little... No, 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 not even that. It was the slap first. He did the slap first. Oh, okay. yeah. And I was like, nope. I'm out. And so I fast forwarded through most of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, again, not really knowing where they're going storyline wise, but I, to me, it's like, I don't think orange Cassie needed, needed the win. Mm-hmm. And we have, you've seen very little of Kip. We've seen very little of Miro. Mm-hmm. You haven't so, seen any of Miro. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would have liked to have seen uh, maybe a Kip Saban, win although mm-hmm. to their credit you know, Miro got some heat back afterwards with the closed line so maybe that's going to set unfortunately we'll set up for Miro versus Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. um, yeah I yeah, eh, I, 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 I really like Miro and I'm disappointed <laughs> um, I'm going to say this when, when you said uh, you were about to fast forward then you saw Miro come and do commentary I thought for sure you were going to say and then when I heard him talk I fast forwarded uh, he was not very good tonight on the mic. I don't think he really added very much to it. Uh, he said a lot of things that kind of downplayed some of the 
some of the possible tension between these guys uh, saying, oh, I got no problem with Orange Cassidy, just, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I'm to, just about, I was just thinking that. Yeah, that part. And did he not make a comment about Trent being his uh, young boy, which is just an insult for Trent coming from New Japan, which yeah. is what you call all the the young, yep. the new starting out wrestlers. Yeah, uh, he referred to, to Trent as his young boy, which funny for wrestling fans who know about Japanese, slightly awkward for those who Might may be, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I'm not sure if that was a good choice of words to use. Um, one of the things I'm going to say this right off the bat: picture in picture is a pain in the ass, and yep. it's ridiculous. I tried to talk about that later on. Yes, okay. and it and it counts even worse during some of the things. Yeah. But uh, I tried tonight. I forced myself to sit and watch and try and block out the other shit and just watch mm -hmm. uh, the picture in picture to see if I was going to miss anything. And I don't get it. I mean, there are things happening in the picture in picture in almost every one of these matches that should not be happening in picture in picture. They should be things that we're seeing regularly to enjoy things that these wrestlers are breaking their asses to do and falls into the wayside. Cause 90% of people honestly have to tune that shit out. It's pretty hard. Yeah. It's, 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 I, like, it's I, like they're cutting the story up. They give us the beginning of the story. Then they go into commercial. The story continues, but you miss most of it because of the commercial, the picture in picture. Right. And I think it, it really is at the point where AEW should say, you know what, who gives a shit if we're going up against NXT? We're still winning every week. We don't need to ruin our matches by this picture in picture. Yeah. Let's just go to the thing of breaks like WWE does have them just do rest holds or whatever the hell it takes. Start up the action again. Uh, it's a disservice and it's a disservice to not just the wrestlers, but to us as the fans trying to wade through this crap. It's yeah. an extra headache you don't need. I don't watch wrestling because I need to fucking think it's wrestling. Oh gosh. All right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I liked it in a sense of this. I know Orange Cassidy is not your wrestler, dude. I know he's uh, up there with uh, Young Bucks in Andy's uh, love list. <laughs> but I'm going to try and take him for – he's not really my kind of stuff. But in a way, he develops a story with him as he works. Um, I had a problem – He okay, the slap thing. I thought it was perfect. How, how, what a great way to enrage the wrestler. Do the, you know? Yeah. Um, then he started doing the hands thing and it kept getting blocked and blocked and yeah. blocked. I think they should have drugged that out a lot longer so that when it did finally happen, it became more of an important focal fans for the fans who follow that shit. Um, I, I got to give props to Cassidy. Pretty damn hard to wrestle with your hands in your pockets like that. He, he does a lot of athletic things that way. Which... I, said, I said this when we first, uh, when AEW first started and mm -hmm. we first saw him, I'm, I was like, I don't know how the, how he wrestles with his hands in both pockets uh, like that. And I think, Andy, the best way to look at it, honestly, uh, take the, these gestures and things he does as the personality quirks, right up there with the bushwhackers walking in, doing yeah. the whatever. And if you look at it that way and don't look at it as a mock, because I think it started off in the Indies as kind of a mock of stuff, yeah. but I think now they're develop developing him as it's his quirky character thing. And if you look at it that, why not? There's so many wrestlers over the years who had some dumbass quirky thing they did in the middle of a match and we just accepted because they were good wrestlers. Orange Cassidy ain't the biggest guy, but he is athletic and he can wrestle when he starts. So I'm going to give him that. I'm going to reduce well, the goofiness into that. I, I'm going to re have a short rebuttal to that. 
on one hand, I can, you know, when you talk about like the bushwhackers doing this mm -hmm. or some, and those, those little quirks, I agree. And I can get behind that. But to me, when we are talking uh, about, about, you know, like a contact quote unquote sport or contact sports entertainment, we're talking about combat. To me, the, the quirk of, you know, opening yourself up and doing nothing the mm -hmm. biggest thing of taking your hands and putting them in your pocket mm -hmm. to me just doesn't fit in for my suspension of disbelief mm -hmm. like d d you're going in here to fight and you're putting your hands in your pocket <laughs> where in any type of situation that would involve fisticuffs fighting wrestling anything of the sort mm -hmm. are you Would putting you your hands in your pocket okay but have you ever seen this where you get a guy go into a fight a boxer a thing even go where they go huh huh come on come on huh come on where they're mocking you where they're doing that i take his hands thing as the ultimate like you know what i'm so effing cool this is what i do and miro even that was the one good thing miro said in the whole thing miro said i don't know him i don't really have a problem with him but I hate those guys who act like they think they're so cool, like he thinks he's so cool. Yeah, well, that's, and that's fair. But even mm -hmm. even this, mm -hmm. to me, is still not as bad as literally taking two of your weapons mm -hmm. and putting them away. Now, fans, I know me and Andy have totally forgotten that we're not doing a Zoom social. So when I, we said this, what I meant was I was putting my finger at my chin where you see somebody say like, you know, give, go ahead, take a shot, take a shot, right? That, that's me, what we're me. referring to. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, it's the ultimate, like, he's so damn cocky in the ring. It's like to enrage his opponent. He's like, look at this, man. These are my weapons, my hands. I'm putting them in my pocket because I'm that good that I'm going to wrestle you without even my, my best weapons. You know what I mean? And I guess if they developed it more, maybe that'll make sense to that. And that's me saying that. I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but yeah. in my mind, it helps me excuse. Justify it. Justify yeah. it. However, yeah. when you're kipping up with your hands in your pocket, kind of ridiculous, because that's a hell of a lot more work to do something that's already and, a hard and thing that's, to do. And that's you know, quite the athletic feat. And I know the stuff is some of the dives and all that. I won't take that away from him. I know I can't do that. So it's not like, oh, well, why don't you try? No, I know I can't. But I also know that being in a situation of, of, of combat, of, you know, mm -hmm. wrestling or fighting, that, you know, like even something as bad as being around and having your arms crossed, how bad that is, that somebody can kind of stop you and do something that way. So to mm -hmm. put your hands in your pocket, it just, like I said, for my suspension of disbelief, it's like, nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. And I, I have to give him credits for being like the ballsiest guys in the world, the ballsiest guy in the world, because man, lunge at somebody, jump through the ropes with your hands in your pocket, not being able to protect yourself if you slip, leaping over somebody with your hands in your pocket. That's some ballsy ass stuff, dude. Because that, our first instinct, instinct is to use your hands to protect your head if you're falling. Yeah. To me, that's not at this point, I don't even call that ballsy. To me, that's just flat out dumb. And that's fair part enough. Of, that, that's part just, of it is ballsy and dumb. That's right. The same line. Yeah, it's a fine line. It's a fine <laughs> yeah, line. Very yeah. much is. Um, in the end of this, uh, yeah, Kip Saban takes the loss again. Um, Kip needed this win more, but at the yep. same time, I think what they're trying to do is build Cassidy up into at least uh, an upper upper card attraction, and you need him to win against somebody. Oh, but so, he's beaten Chris Jericho twice. Didn't he get the run? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, you're not talking about Bax. Oh, wait, you meant, okay. Um, Elio, you want to weigh in anything about this match? Uh, uh, for me, this was one of my lowlights. I think, uh, I think Sabian should have won. I, I liked uh, when, I liked uh, the whole thing when he was blocking the full hands pocket part, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, for me, uh, the ending was pretty good. Okay. I was fine, I was fine with the ending when the mural came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get some heat back. But uh, uh, hopefully, Andy, they, gotta, oh, sorry, go ahead. Hopefully, they do something with this guy soon. And and I guess Andy, I guess one thing I want you to think about because me and you, you know, we we've seen it a lot. We've we've seen yeah. a lot of wrestling. We're, we're older guys, and we scoff at some of the new whatever and stuff. But maybe this hands thing is right up there. Which another thing I don't understand is the skateboards and the the jackets with tacks. And and if maybe if that's what it takes to get young. I don't know, older teenage high school to college kids into it. I guess. Well, you know what? As much as we want to shake our head, if these yeah. kids don't get into it, there ain't going to be wrestling 20 years after me and you are gone. <laughs> we yeah. need to get those guys in there. So No, wrestling, wrestling will never die one way or another. Right? But at least to mm -hmm. me, at least a skateboard, mm -hmm. that's a weapon. <laughs> Thumbtacks on a jacket, as dumb as that may be, is still a weapon. Putting hands your in your hands pocket? in your pocket not a weapon okay fair enough fair enough i can't argue with that whatsoever <laughs> all right um the contract signing let's talk about the contract signing we yes. have tony Giovanni in the ring kenny omega comes out dressing in my mind a little bit like rick flair getting all set uh he gets uh, introduced uh they have a funny introduction with him he sits down um they wait to call out Mox. Mox doesn't come out. Then they click to the back. Uh, this is where we had our first little uh, soundbite issue, and thank God it wasn't very much. So let's yeah, give him props. Quick. Let's yeah. give him props. They, they, they obviously, obviously, people have been bitching about it enough because I actually heard a few other podcasts last week just as I was bored. I started listening to other people covering AEW. So every we, single one of them were like, what the hell is with the sound? Should we give one more week before we take it out of the book? Yes. 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 Oh, yes. We'll give it. Okay. We can't just be willy nilly. Yeah. Or we'll be back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Um, so they cut to back. Mox is laying there. He's laid out. Um, this, what I really enjoyed about this is the way Kenny Omega acted. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They cut back to him. He doesn't start acting like suspicious. He doesn't. He honestly, you could almost think he acted like, oh, huh. well, I don't know what the hell happened there, but. I'm coming for you. And yep. I love the reference of, you know, oh, look like you got a bleeding nose. Last time it was an elbow. Remember, he had a staph infection, and that's why they had to hold the match back with Omega. Yep. Yep. Love the callback with that. Um, he signed the thing and said, hey, you know, Tony, watch this. We're making history here, blah, 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 you know. Uh, I liked it because it portrayed Omega as such an arrogant jerk that the world revolved around him. It didn't matter what happened there. Hey, I'm here yeah. signing my contract. Whatever you do is on your own, Mox. All that matters is this day you're in the ring and the belt is mine. Like that. What do you think, Andy? Uh, I agree pretty much with what, with what you're saying. I like that, you know, I didn't think, you know, Ric Flair per se with him coming out in the suit, but just mm -hmm. that this was atypical of how we've seen Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. So to me, it, it kind of signified... You know, he was taking this more seriously, more professional. It's a bit of a, a shift in the character. That was cool. Uh, I liked overall, just to me, like, 
you know, he kind of plays it. He played it off. So there's a the little bit of intrigue. It's like, okay, well, was it Kenny? Was it somebody else? Maybe it was Adam Page. Maybe it was Ooh. FTR. Who knows? So just uh, the the intrigue there. My only one, and and I'm maybe this will look nitpicky, but it just this mm -hmm. is I'm pointing this out more in fun. Did okay. you notice how long it took him to sign that? Yeah. And at the end, you can tell he did a little dot, dot, and there was like a happy face, like a smiley face. If you go back and watch, <laughs> the last thing he does, you can almost tell is like point, point, half circle, semicircle. And he's putting it so I don't know whatever he wrote. Yeah. You know, but there was, there's, there's a smiley face on there. So I just kind of laugh because usually it's like a quick little ch -ch -ch scribble. Yeah. And yeah. They're done. Absolutely. And he's like, nope, still going. And it's like, nope, it almost stopped. Nope. He kept going. And then it was like, happy face. Yeah. That's, so if that's, you go I back and watch, you'll, you'll see. But, uh, it, it was it was a good segment. It it painted everything you said about Kenny Omega was true. And like I said, to me, I, there's a little bit of intrigue there, and that's good because this is what I want to see. I want to see some story. So I want to be like, okay, well, what happened? Okay. Um, yeah. uh, okay, Leo, anything you want to add to this? I usually, uh, when we have contract signings, they end up in in, in, the in some uh, brawl, or some sort, but um. This one, I this one was different. I enjoyed this. Uh, this is a Kenny Omega we've been waiting to see. And uh, yeah, when they threw it back to where Marks was laid out, the first thing that came to mind was it had to have been Kenny. Mm -hmm. But then they could have been anyone. Right. Especially the way saying. Kenny played it off is like, yep. whatever, not my concern. Yeah. Which makes you think, oh, maybe it was Kenny, but Kenny has henchmen. That's another part of the thing. Exactly what um, I'm saying. Now, uh, when you said, you know, the usual uh, uh, contract signing, the first thing that popped in my head is, do you remember when um, uh, Cody did his signing and he had like 600 people come out with him? <laughs> the entourage. His entourage was yeah. like down the block. Um, I also forgot to mention, in Mox's promo, and this is a shout out to, uh, I don't know if uh, you caught that, Andy, but in Mox's promo, he referenced how he was a double champion in two different continents. Yes. He actually referenced his New Japan US title that he still holds. Yeah, I did notice that, yep. So good on him. Of course, he didn't bring it up by name at all later on. But just saying but, it, though. But just saying it was was, was cool. was yep. cool. So I really thought that was an effective thing. Good on uh, good on Kenny because I this was his first real kind of good promo. I mean, the last week's one was okay. But there was always that fear of me, has Kenny forgotten? He hasn't really done this stuff for a while. Is he going to come off credible? But it, so far, it's working, and uh, good on him. Uh, we're going to skip the Vegas stuff. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we already covered all that Vegas crap. Um, I they did, gotta, they did I it in two parts. They yeah, did it well, in two parts. Yeah. Uh, again, fun stuff. And now, you know what? The fact that they did it in two parts, because now, now, okay, so you don't want to talk about it. Elio, was this This is the one where, this is the part where they, like, they kind of, like, wake up the next, or they wake up later. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, the fact that Sammy actually got one over on MJF by writing on his face. Yeah. I, you know what? That was almost like a baby face thing. I was happy to see. A little bit. Right. That's what I was talking. That's what I was talking about earlier. With like yeah. MJF was like talking down to Sammy, and like Sammy was just like laughing at him. Meanwhile, Sammy was here, was across his face, and all <laughs> the marker stuff. Uh, and being an Elvis Presley guy, to have Elvis in there, I just I popped for that. 
Elvis. I've got all the CDs. Yeah, well, and I mean, and Elvis waking up next to Jericho. <laughs> Elvis, wasn't that guy a movie star like in the 70s? Something like that. I, I'm, not sure, I'm, not sure who, I'm not sure who he ever beat. Okay. But, ah, uh, <laughs> so, you know what? But, it, but it, again, I just enjoyed that at face value. Whatever. The hangover nod, homage, you know, a la AEW, Chris Jericho style. Uh, but like I said, if you go back and watch, there's, you know, kind of like you said about how, was it Santana, the one that was kind of siding with? Yeah, Santana. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this within there if you, if you pay attention there's still some you know some little nuggets okay that, okay you know for for like those little that turd care. nuggets yeah mm-hmm. there you go you're welcome <laughs> you that one. but uh you know hey i guess the guys had a fun trip and who knows maybe next week we'll we'll get uh we'll get the outtakes or maybe we'll get hey guys i found the camera <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um next we have a pack versus blade a uh, few things to really cover. First of all, um, Pack comes out, uh, or first, first uh, Blade comes out with Butcher and Bunny. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bunny, I don't know where she's buying her clothes, but when they told her it was a sixty percent off sale, I don't think she realized it was the fabric of the clothes. Hi-oh. Oh, oh, it looked great, I admit, but wow. Um, here's a weird thing. Here's how just changing up your clothes can make you look so different. Butcher wearing just what he was in. Made him look cooler, but it made him look smaller. It, it took Butcher away the blade. giant. I, I'm talking about Butcher when he came okay, out I, in I, the smock following him, yeah. right? Like he came out with them in the stuff. When you yeah. look at him, it was a cooler look, but it also made him look smaller. He, he used to look smaller. so much more that. massive. Yeah, I noticed that. Without and the... there's no way he lost the weight. So I think it's just the effect that's clothes on made him look cooler, but smaller. Um. Then you know this this uh this match was it was okay. Right. There was yeah. yeah, it was it was okay. Um, but uh, I need you, Elio, to make a note of our new part of the book, uh, where oh. I put in people because Pac, you're on national television. Why in the <laughs> hell would you slap your leg when there's no one in the audience and they can see you clearly slapping your leg when you kick someone? <laughs> that is some indirific bullshit. You're in the book this week with that. Right. There's another person coming in too, because one else somebody else did it so badly he made almost made me forget Pac did it. Okay. Hold on, did we did, did we uh we already added Brian Cage, right? Yep. Okay. So we've got we've got Pac in there for this week, okay? okay? So. Anytime I catch somebody doing that on national television, Pac, you're going you just, in there. Pac, you just made the book. All right. Now, um, like I said, so you said there was someone else. Yeah, yeah it's coming later. later. It's coming later. Oh, it's coming later. Uh, you know, you guys know who it is too, probably because okay. you probably okay. caught it. It was pretty freaking obvious. Okay. Um, so the match was okay. Like I said, the ending is, of course, the big payoff here of the story. Is uh, you know, uh, packets the uh, submission win. Uh, he gets attacked by. He grabs the mic, which is about time in wrestling where someone grabs the mic to cut no. a big promo and someone else nails him. It just doesn't even let it happen at all. That happened tonight. Butcher comes in, attacks him. Eddie gets in there. Three of them are laying the boots in. I kept wondering, is, you know, Ray Phoenix going to run in? Sure enough, in comes Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Then came the question, is Penta going to come out? And if he does, who does he side with? Right. Um, the only problem I had with it is Eddie cleared out of there before Penta even got aimed the chair towards him almost telegraphing everything that happened there yeah because i saw eddie jump out it was it was it was a bit bad but it enriched the story i love that it looked like penta mouthed off he's my brother yes you don't hit my brother 
Yeah. And we've touched on this where somebody, you may fight with somebody that's your friend or brother, but no one else messes with them. Yes. So I guess they're not best friends anymore, Eddie and uh, Penta. (laughs) Well, I never, ever heard Penta ever saying that Eddie was his best friend. Yeah. No, it was always Eddie. It was always Ray, Ray Phoenix and my best friend. Um, Got very annoyed with the amount of uh, interference by Bunny in this match. You know, it was, it, it found it a little bit annoying. And a little dumb of Pac to not to keep turning his back on Butcher. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, it happens once in a match, you're a veteran, dude. It's pro wrestling. Yeah. You don't know if yeah. you haven't been in the ring. Sometimes you know the bright lights and the heat and everything's going on and the adrenaline and you're not sure and you don't, don't you know there's no, there's no hey, I'm talking here. wrestling. That's why sometimes <laughs> you know, up, like, it should be why isn't he go up the ladder quicker? Well, you don't know because once sometimes you're there and it's just things are tough and you don't get up the ladder as quick yeah. as you yeah, because if it's hot and sweaty, you have to walk up like one step and then put your foot on that step. And then you, you get a little bit dizzy or thing. something. You know, whoa. One foot up, and it's like, whoa, this heat is. Yeah, I get it, dude. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. I, I've been there, so I know. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, at the end, we have the big, obviously, the reuniting of what do we, what is their name? Death, death triangle? triangle. The death triangle. The death triangle. And, um, and uh, taking on, I, I, does Eddie change the name of his group? Did he have a name? Yeah, they had a name. What was the hell of this name before? The, the, were they the family they, or something? Yeah, were they oh, the family? I think they've been referenced as that. They maybe never had a name, but uh, we'll call them that. Um, what did you think of, was it uh, JR who said, whoa, you have quite the mixed family <laughs> in the middle of this match? <laughs> Which I thought, and you know what? I'm glad to bring this up because as much as uh, JR takes a lot of shit for saying stuff, Mm-hmm. He does say some funny stuff, but I'm going to give Guff after we talk about this match because there's something that JR said tonight that's like, JR, every time you build yourself up, you say something incredibly fucking stupid that ruins something. And you did that tonight with something. And we'll discuss that. I'll see if you guys caught it. You might not have. But uh, Andy, what did you think of this whole measle shamazel? All right. Uh, overall, decent match. Uh, obviously, the right guy won. Uh, Eddie on commentary was all right. Uh, did we notice? (laughs) Did we, did we, did we notice the uh, uh, Rick Serrano inspired shout out during that match after the top rope superplex? No, Eddie Kingston said, Hey, that used to be Barry Windham's finish. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I caught that. I missed that. I caught that. I missed so, it. I missed it, guys. So with the, uh, that one's there. Uh, the post match, the pack beat down. I liked it. Uh, and again, this is all mm-hmm. storytelling, and this is what I this is what I talk about. And I was happy to see this. Uh, I was happy to see Ray Phoenix come out. To me, you know, I don't know if it's just jaded or whatever, but as soon as Penta come out, it's you know, you already you already know what's going to happen. You know, he's going to mm-hmm. look one way and then go to swing the other way. Uh, but still, it in some. But you need that in wrestling though, where you know, the fans expect things and mm-hmm. you got to give it to them. Yeah. And that's just simple things. Like to, you know, if they were to do like a super swerve and have Penta turn on Phoenix to me, that would have been just like, well, that's just dumb. Like a yeah. four on two. It's just, so this was good to see. So you will get a nice three on three here with the death triangle and uh, whatever the mixed family, first family, Eddie's family, all in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like it just because it's some semblance of story and I can yep. follow along. I get invested and I get it. So that made me happy. Mm. And also it was almost like Eddie was on that 
cliff? Does he fall off and disappear? Yeah. Or does he, and this helped him stay afloat. I yeah. think this uh, put the, put the, the onus back on Eddie to make him uh, relevant still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now you're probably wondering the JR thing happened during the Serena Deeb Thunder Rosa match. So we'll, okay, we'll so save it to that. Yeah. But uh, uh, the only thing to, to talk about before that is Jesus. This is just another shit promo. Uh, Jade stomping on Brandy's arm. Ugh. Yeah. This looks so bad even. Yeah. She even giggles, turns around. I thought she was going to start flexing again. Like, ah. Uh, and man. Swole coming out looks so small compared yes. to the rest of them. <laughs> Yeah. What happened oh, there? Uh, she is and, small Swole. And there's another thing I got to say. Um, Serena Deeb, why in the hell would she even come out there? She's not even a... You know what I mean? She's not even an AEW wrestler, but she's the one behind uh, Brandy looking so concerned. I'm like, there's a lot of other girl wrestlers that would have made sense. Why would you send the NWA champion out there? Yeah. That, that, that just threw it right away. It was obvious. Like, huh? Maybe they're but, friends. Maybe. But uh, can we agree that this Jade chick needs a lot of effing work? So far, yes. There's been nothing impressive about her to this point. I, I, I was look, so I looked up her uh, some information to see if I could find anything. This is her only. This is her first. Uh, her only company. Yeah. She just started. She's got a lot of potential. I say develop her on dark, but man, throwing her on TV this quick. I mean, you're getting Brandy Rhodes to carry you. Holy crap! She can't even carry her own bag, let alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is just, it's its too much, and it's not good. Uh, let's move into the next, uh, and I got to say, this next um, match, you better watch this, Rick Serrano. You know, you've been bitching about Serena Deeb. I don't see much out of her. This was a hell of a good match. This was yeah, a solid was, match. Yeah. yeah. Really enjoyed this. Got to admit, Thunder Rosa did come out a little bit more in the match itself. Came just a little bit more a 60-40 to me. Um very good match. This is where the picture in picture was the worst. There were so many good things that happened. If you could sit and watch the little tiny box, <laughs> stuff that pissed me off that we should have been able to see on the full screen and heard the commentary. For. This is a uh, part I was talking about. Why would, okay, they do picture in picture. Why would you do picture in picture in a championship match? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, because it is a championship match. And so we want to keep you, you know, watching what's going on and not have missed, not have you miss anything. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to look, I don't want to stare at a small box during the commercial. I, I am not disagreeing with you. Okay. Just you threw a kind of out the rhetorical question and mm -hmm. I'm throwing out, which is probably the official AEW answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That, that, no, we are providing you a you service. Right. You guys are both right. Um, but let's face it, picture in picture is garbage and I wish this shit would stop. It's not enriching it. I really, I sat and watched all this stuff and this was the one match. Like usually when you watch the picture in picture, uh, to be honest, what you're seeing mostly is the heel working over the face until it comes back. And then the face makes the, uh, you know, the big turnaround and, and yeah. whatnot. They actually went back and forth in this during this commercial, half of it. Uh, Thunder Rosa was beating on Deeb and then the second she actually made her comeback in picture in picture and then was beating on her and then yeah and it was just like such an unpaced feeling of a great match this would have been a really super good match had we got to see it in its length give it Straight give up. it the, give it the full extra segment mm -hmm. 
instead yeah. of putting picture in picture. Oh, exactly. Um, then at the end, we have uh, uh, what the hell's a chick's name? Rebel. Yeah. Rebel comes out, yep. starts arguing with the referee. Meanwhile, so uncharacteristic, I thought, really, is tough guy Britt Baker just jumps the, jumps the hell out of <laughs> Rosa. Rosa. You know, it was a little bit a little bit out of her character, Something. I thought. And then apparently uh, the story they told here was that uh, her and Thunder Rosa were having a word of words on Twitter or something. Oh, it's a Twitter thing, of course. That makes <laughs> sense, because they could have maybe told us this somewhere along the line. Because as this is happening, like, does, does that mean Serena Deeb is a bad guy and she paid these guys to keep her belt? There was just, they didn't even say anything. They're just like, oh, who knows? Well, no, but, but, yeah, but JR said, he says, you know, as, as towards the end of the match, and I think even after the match was over, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere towards the end there, he even said, he says, I don't think Serena even realized what had happened. Yeah, they, they did mention so, that, but I mean, that covers it. Well, but that's the thing is that leaves the ambiguous. They also say that when, you know, the, the heel has been paid somebody off. Yeah. Um, well. I just wish they'd given us a little motivation of what Burt Baker is doing. They mentioned the Twitter thing. That would have made sense. I think uh, uh, Jim Excalibur Ross knows that. Excalibur knows like, you know, the last time a wrestler farted yet, he doesn't know somebody is feuding on Twitter. Makes me think that's a bit odd, yeah. you know? The, um, I, th- I think I heard Jim Ross mention it uh, briefly. Really? I don't recall that at all. Um, what I did notice then, and okay, I'm glad you set up Jim Ross, okay? Um, I just want to say this really quick. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Jim Ross, uh, there are things that he says that people mistake. Uh, some things we've argued about that maybe he didn't mean that. Maybe he looked at it, but he said something today, and I'm not, I, I try not to, you know, I like to joke around, but there's sometimes, I think there's some things you really kind of defeat the purpose of stuff. Now, AEW, I think, was doing something very cool with this whole AEW heels thing, where they're trying to get women fans together to enjoy it, to, to expand the women base. Giving them a platform. Giving them a platform. Yeah. So where in the hell would you say, oh, do they do bake sales? Just degrades the whole thing right there. When he said that. I, I like, caught that. Like, yeah, when I, when I heard that, I was like, that's an asshole move, dude. You know, you didn't have to. That shit did not need to be said. These people are trying to build something to have women have a forum where they feel important and part of the show and you just degraded them into, Oh, do you do bake sales? That's fair. That I did not think was cool, Jim. And I think, I don't know if you were trying to be funny or stuff, but even I know there's certain times you don't tell a joke. You tell, maybe you tell the joke under your breath to your buddy, but you don't say it on national television after something like this. And I, I did not find that cool. Um, good match. Uh, like we said, very good match. Actually. I really enjoyed yep, this. Yep. Um, I love, though, this is the part for me that I think Thunder Rosa is amazing, was when she finished the match and she got out of the ring. Um, We've seen Sheeta jump at Nyla Rose or somebody else into the crowd. And it's so telegraphed and so obvious that it was coming. But the way they shot it and the way she did it, it was like, holy crap. She (laughs) got out there and then she grabbed Britt Baker and beat the living snot out of her before they pulled them apart. Was done. Like, that's how you should do, oh. the per, you know, yeah. Brit's yeah. stupid enough to come back and stand in the front thing, you know, uh, Thunder Rosa giving you no indication she was even noticed she was there until bam, she was on her and beating her. Loved it. That's kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that stuff. You want to talk about this match, Andy? Uh, like I said, I loved a lot of the, the moves, a lot of the things, yeah. everything made sense in this match for me. What do you think? No, I, I'm going to keep it short and sweet overall. Uh, I enjoyed the match. Uh, yeah, probably one of the best women's matches we've seen in AEW in a, AEW in a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, it was the right people. Uh, the right person won. 
I, what I found cool, mm-hmm. uh, especially with throwing a little bit of interference, is this is one of the ones where for me it's like, okay, well, you know, especially with Thunder Rosa being the former champion, was mm-hmm. like, I wasn't sure who was going to win. Yes. You know, like most yeah. matches, you can be like, okay, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Pac's going to win, so and so is going to win, so and so is going to win. But this mm-hmm. one to me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not 100% sure. Most likely especially- Serena. Yeah. Yeah. But especially, say- you know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, especially since we follow a lot of the back stuff and we knew that Thunder Rosa had just re signed with the NWA yeah. after she lost and gave up and she it looked like she was gone, she re signed for another year. Then you're thinking, okay, maybe they're just going to give her the belt back. Yeah. So uh, I was glad to see I was glad to see Serena win. Mm-hmm. Uh, good match. Like you said, the aftermath was was solid. You know, so it looks like we're, if we're looking into a a Britt Baker uh, Thunder Rosa feud, which then makes me wonder. Okay, well, what's next for Serena Deeb? Uh, so, Hikirashida. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing well, and, that. and 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 she's got uh, she uh, first next week. Yes. Yeah, but we'll get to that. But well, I mean, I'll just that's say that not really, that's not going to be a win. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else to add? Because that could be a good segue into the next segment. Uh, the only thing I got to add is this: is I tried to take a super hard look at Serena Deeb as if I didn't know who she was and was just watching, and she's a very solid wrestler. Uh, the problem is maybe she's just not flashy enough. She doesn't have uh, a standout gimmick, a standout look that I think that's maybe why Rick has been a little down on her. I mean, Sheeta at least has, even if, you you know, she's not verbal enough, she has a look, this whole Japanese style thing going on. Serena's got the old school. She could be any woman out of Shimmer, volume five, you know, they all dressed with the the long pants and the thing. So I think with Deeb is, is she's in the position, she should really kind of either do something, like upgrade something just to grab the attention. She has the skill. She has the thing. Give us some promos, give us some flash, and people some are going to realize the character. NWA, yeah, the NWA Women's Champion is is more than just, you know, a solid wrestler. Yep, I would agree. Cool, I agree. Okay, so, yes, uh, let's move into John Silver and Anna J. Holy cow, John Silver, did they wake this dude up? I mean... <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> Even she was like, Anna J at the end had this look like... Okay, John, calm the fuck down. <laughs> like seriously, right. man. I'm trying to keep a straight face here, but you are like going ape shit next to me. <laughs> but it, it's good, man. Like I, I, you know what? And I'm it's short and sweet because it was a short promo. Uh, you guys know I'm, you know, John Silver is growing on me, yep. and I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of behind the push. But I love it because I like, like it's 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 zany, it's crazy, but it feels natural, it feels normal. I believe that that's him. So I mean, if that is mm-hmm. him. That's awesome. If that's just a character, he's pulling it off 100%. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I find him entertaining. And that's okay. it. And Anna J, wow. Uh, some personality. Yes. Sorry. Wow. I, I mean, I, I was so focused on, yep. you know, my little man crush of John Silver. But He but, looks like a miniature <laughs> version of you photocopied and reduced by uh, 30%. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Uh, but he's definitely got more personality, I tell you. No, no, but, there's uh, no lone wolf. But, <laughs> but uh, and same thing, Anna Jay kind of standing there and then getting her a little bit at the end was mm-hmm. good. Like, it was just, it was a good, short, fun yep. promo segment. Yeah. And I'd like to see more of those. Yes, yes. Give us some personality sometimes. Yes. That's all this took. Like, Anna Jay, she's been walking around looking all rehabbed and extremely attractive looking and whatever. 
but now she's added a personality and I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. When they said she was facing Sheeta next week, I'm like, oh, okay. Even what she said, you know what, Sheeta, you took advantage of me because I was a rookie. Yeah. Now you're dealing with me now. Um, I just want to throw out one horrible, like horrible thought, okay? And that involves John Silver. Uh-oh. And okay, so John Silver, no, no, it just doesn't put him down whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, John Silver comes in with Alex Reynolds. They're this tag team. We've been teaming for years in uh, Northeast, uh, uh, the New York area. They've been known for the indie circles for quite a while. Uh, the problem always been is they're a little bit small, right? So they get in there. Now John Silver is making such a name of him. And all that we remember about poor Alex Reynolds is he got knocked out and they, they just about you know, crippled him in a match <laughs> because nobody helped him. Poor dude, he doesn't even get any, he doesn't even get to stand beside John Silver while he's doing this great thing any at yeah. all. And that's kind of got to be a little disheartening for Alex Reynolds after all of this. So, all right, uh, let's well, move hey, on now. Hey, do we do we do we do a who's Sean between Alex Reynolds and uh, John Silver? Oh well, that's so easy. <laughs> do we, why would we bother? <laughs> of course, that's Sean's going to be Alex Reynolds. Uh... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, okay, now, um, hmm. Fans, you can't see this, but as we're doing this, we do this over the Zoom thing. And uh, one of the things that gives you the option to write our names and things in there, you know, and if you glance over, you'll see Elio says Elio. And Andy usually puts in Andy's Elite Wrestling because it's AEW. And I usually try and put something insulting. Usually I'm insulting Andy. Sometimes I'll insult Elio. Or sometimes I'll just be a goof and insult myself. But today mine reads, Cody is a douchebag. <laughs> and I'm going to explain why Cody is a douchebag. Hang on a second. Okay? Mr. T. James Logan, why is Cody a douchebag? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's (laughs) say uh, you work with a wrestling company and uh, one of the people is an executive vice president, but he also wrestles. But every time he gets in the ring, he has perfect audio when most people don't. He gets bigger, cooler segments when most people don't. And get this, even though he is not the champion, even though he is just another guy at the top of the card, he gets the most explosive, expensive, five minute intro with a music that goes on so long and explosions when he's just a guy coming out for a tag team. Yet he is still Cody Superstar. (laughs) And that's why he's a douchebag because it's like, really? It takes such an emphasis off everyone else. He, it's almost like they should change it to all Cody wrestling, ACW, all Cody wrestling. Because he is obviously the star. Now, he did some stuff in this match that I actually applaud and think, that's cool. But come on, man. You're putting a bad taste and giving an easy target for the WWE fanboys who want to take things apart. You're just adding into that bucket of piss they're trying to do to pour on it. So, all right. So we get into this match. Uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks enter the ring. Then we get a... pro. Why on earth would you give a promo package after the first team's in? You didn't do it before everything. I love the fact that Taz just basically said, why do they have to sit through this crap? Why do they have to? Yeah. Why is my guy standing in there watching Darby Allen's crappy video? Uh, once again, Darby Allen, would he set himself on fire? Is that was the thing? That's I what I got. That's I'm what I got from it. I fast forwarded. That's yeah. what I got from it. Yeah, I, I, he was I, on I, a church. I so stupid. Okay, yeah, he's sitting on a church, and then he's skateboarding through the church. Oh, let's, not, let's get some sacrilege there. Oh, let's make it better. Let's set ourselves on fire in the church using the candles. Oh, wow. I don't hey, even know what to say. this is the face of TNT. 
Oh my God, TNT. Did you know this was your face? Anyhow, uh, <laughs> are they playing the Exorcist movies all next week? Is that why he's the face? The church? I don't know. Okay. Anyhow, um, so then Cody comes in after his 27 minute uh, intro and music and pyro, because and, it felt like 27 minutes to be. That's I another really thing. Sorry, I'm going to interject real quick just so we have this recorded for posterity's sake. And we've kind of said this before. I really hope that this yeah. is just some long-term thing that Cody eventually will turn heel. And like, this mm -hmm. has been something all along because to me, this, this is the ultimate, Oh, you know, crap on Vince crap on Hunter. Yet yeah. you do the same thing. Right. You know, right now it feels just like a bad case of self you know, of masturbation here. That's what, you know what I mean? Like this is all for his own pleasure and it, we're just suffering Mc through it. He's got, he's got like a McManism disease or a yeah. two H disease. Ugh. I'm sorry. Anyways, I sorry, I apologize for interrupting. No, but you, no dude, you were right on the money. You're right on the money. Um, okay, so we get this match. Uh, as I'm watching it, uh, got to give Darby Allen credit for how fast he moves. He, he really does move around that ring super fast. One of the biggest problems I ever have with tag teams is when a guy's wrestling, uh, whether good guy or bad guy, and this happens in every New Japan match. This is one of the things is you always run over and knock out the one, two, three, four, whatever guys on the apron. They always go down like mm -hmm. things. Nobody ever moves. Nobody, you know, the problem is you see it coming every time. They've got to see it coming. Yet Darby's the first guy I've seen who moves fast enough that you can actually looks like he caught the guy off guard. <laughs> Appreciated that. Okay. Uh, thought Ricky Starks did really well in this match. Um, are you got that pen ready? Because yeah, Brian, Cage, the, you get a I'm plus ready. one here because is one of the it? saddest slap kicks oh. in this match again. So it's Brian Cage at a, at a plus one to you. You got to stop this crap. Because here's the thing is, I get the point of it. The Mexican wrestlings, they, they started this because you're in a crowd. It's loud. You do the slap. Most times you try and cover it a bit, but you do the slap because it gives you that sound, right? You don't it doesn't translate over to the TV, that sound. And then when you see it, you're like, why on earth does he need to kick his leg to kick someone? It takes you right out of the uh, believability. You can't suspend your disbelief if you're doing uh, obvious things like that, you know? Well, I will submit one thing, and we can talk yeah. about this for like a lot of things as far as like movies go and television yeah. goes. But, you know, you think back to an earlier time where you couldn't stop, pause, rewind, PVR, where you couldn't get stuff mm -hmm. on the internet, where you would just watch it on TV as it happened, and that was it, unless you actually were fortunate enough to get a tape. People, you know, wouldn't catch on to it. It's the same thing with movies. Like, there's stuff now mm -hmm. that we go, we because we can go back and watch so quickly, yeah. so easily, and be like, really? Like, I can't believe they did this. But mm -hmm. if you think back, you know, 30, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, mm -hmm. unless you could catch it or you had a camera took a picture went and go out developed and go look here you mm -hmm. see him slapping a leg we wouldn't notice these things it's unfortunate right. just that nowadays you know basically we, like everything on tv and on the internet is basically like being under a microscope mm -hmm. so it, it's, I, it's tough I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condoning no, i'm not condoning no. it i'm just but saying it's just it. that much easier to pick up but i i just really think that this is in wrestling today in the view where people can just pull out cameras and things are being recorded left and right uh I really think we should put the end to the death of the open leg slap where everyone can see it because it's, it really, when you see it and you hear it, because you can see it, it takes away the impact of what you were yeah. trying to do anyways. You know, there were wrestlers who could do it. Shawn Michaels was the king of doing it without looking like he was doing it. My God, yeah. teach these kids these classes, teach them the shit. Uh, but Brian Cage, it just, 
Brian Cage is already a guy who's big and doesn't act like he's strong at all. You know, he's always flopping around there. So he's just making himself look worse by doing stuff like this. Did not like that at all. Um, I got to say that Darby Allen's an idiot for taking the avalanche drill claw from the top rope. Man, that looked like it was half an inch off from breaking your freaking neck as you come down. I, I don't think he, the dude's just going to wrestle himself to death. You know, you take this many chances, one of them's yeah. going to slip. Um, all in all, uh, you know, it was an okay match. Uh, Team Taz gets the win. We then have uh, the, you know, Starks attacks Darby. Uh, mm-hmm. Cody comes back in. Cage gets on Cody. And then Will Hobbs. And I'm going to give you credit, Andy. You called it Thank as you. that part. You really did last week about the delay. And I don't know if that's what stuck in my mind. But as soon as he walked in and picked up that belt, I said to my wife, he's going to whack Cody in the face with it. Maybe I've just seen him wrestling too many turns. But, yeah. And then Will Hobbs has proven he knows what it takes to be a villain because now he has the sneer. <laughs> and he's looking at bad guys and he's sneering. And boy, dun, wow. dun, dun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, now I guess Will Hobbs has joined uh, Team Taz. And uh, oh, no. <laughs> um, once again, Taz on the on the mic. Did ve- he did was he did very good talking about the match. He even uh, pointed out good things about the guys. Sure, he'd moan and complain a bit about them doing it, but he never actually would be like, "Oh, what a loser!" He was like, "Okay, that was a pretty good hit, but you know they should watch." You know, that I enjoyed. But man, he is shitterific if he's not uh, on the commentary desk. Andy, tell me about the main event in your eyes. Uh, the match itself was all right. Uh, I'm not really going to touch on too much more just because I think you've kind of hit most of the points there. Uh, one thing that made, I don't know because it was with, with Brian Cage with fights and the other guys before, mm-hmm. but uh, having met Cody, having been around Cody and seeing Cody next to Brian Cage, to me, it was like, wow, Brian Cage isn't that big. No, look at it when he comes out next to Taz sometime. He's not that much bigger than Taz. Well, see, and you know what? I, I, like for me, yeah. And maybe it's because I didn't pay attention to that close enough, but maybe like maybe for me it was like being around Taz and Ricky Starks made he gave the illusion of him looking bigger. Mm-hmm. And then I, I saw him in the ring with Cody, and I'm like, wow, like he's not really. I mean, like he's built. I'm not taking yeah. that away from him. Oh yeah, he's but, built. But and you've met Cody. I, you've been next yeah, to Cody. Well, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like so, to me, it's like to see him next to Cody. I'm like, he's not as big as I thought he was. Mm-hmm. So that was just kind of like a. You know, like a little epiphany, kind of like a, huh, oh, I never didn't see that one coming because I just, I just didn't. Um, I even wrote down, Cage isn't that big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, heels win. I was glad to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. And I wrote down, I called it uh, as far as the Hobbs turn. I'm happy that I called it. The only thing is, and I mean, we can look at this. I think we can kind of look at this one of two ways. Um with Will Hobbs having so little TV time, I, I mm-hmm. get that he's been on dark or whatever. I still don't really know. haven't really seen too much about him. So to me, mm-hmm. him kind of joining, it's like, and, and, and there hasn't been a lot of uh, storyline or screen time, like with him and Cody or anything to really mm-hmm. develop like, Oh, like, you know, like Cody's like, he brought in this new kid. He took him under his wing. And that's like, Oh, Hey, look, you know, the kid betrayed him. Mm-hmm. So to me, there's, 
there wasn't very much of that yeah. to, you know, as far as like emotional connection, as far as story to buy into, mm-hmm. other than the fact that he just turned. Uh, what I'm hoping will happen is that we will see some positive development from Will Hobbs as a heel, as being part, of, being part of Team Task. Now, I think they really missed the boat here with Will Hobbs turning in this quick. Um, just for the simple fact, do you guys remember what Excalibur said about Will Hobbs a couple of weeks ago when he first appeared and he gave a bit of backstory about Will Hobbs? Why they didn't play that up and work with that and, and develop it, they could have made Will Hobbs very sympathetic, like very sympathetic for that when this turn happened, you were blown away. Because he had the backstory, and I don't know if it's true, but Excalibur threw out there uh, when he, on his first appearance during that that uh, battle royal, that Hobbs had come up with his brother, and his brother and him, their dream was to work together. His brother was like a trainer, did refereeing, and, and trained with him, and that his brother took a bullet and died saving his life on a, a street oh, wow. thing, and that he was wrestling as tribute to his brother, and that to me reads like what a great story to develop and then if you turn him heel yeah it it means something it's like yeah. oh my goodness right but to hear that story tossed out like that and then just boom turn him like that before you show us any because we didn't even hear tobs talk we've never that's even what heard, i'm saying you know it, it just resonated as uh oh, okay this is wrestling good guys and who knows yeah um so that i totally agree andy that was that was not well handled where it could have been uh, also makes you wonder who's the third, you, you know, you don't go in two on three or definitely two on four. So then who's going to be the next person? Uh, Adam page, he's floating around doing nothing. I mean, that's all I could think about was what other wrestler isn't in a program or a thing right now. Is there anyone we're missing? Uh, I, I'm just thinking of it now. So that's why I don't really know any of any other wrestlers. Uh, but they're obviously going to need another one. And what was the bullshit? You're talking about Cody and Darby? Yeah, Cody and Darby obviously need another person if they're going to go against Team Taz for, although Cody is such a superstar, he could probably take on three of them. Obviously, it's it's the natural nightmares or whatever they call it. Oh, God, please, no. You're right. It's probably going to be them. That is so crap. Uh, I'm done done, done with that. You're welcome. Uh, I'm just as I'm starting to like it's funny because now as I start to like QT Marshall I'm starting to dislike Dustin <laughs> the other way it used to be like I love Dustin and oh, QT now it's like I'm starting to like QT um more Dustin come on uh, <laughs> wrestling is like a mad scientist some weeks we like someone and hate others and some yeah weeks it's the opposite and hey, at least at least they were he used that pre- prestigious FTW belt to lay out <laughs> so um oh the, and one thing okay because you know it seems AEW loves their convoluted stories and when things happen it's supposed to mean something why in the hell did arn anderson get himself removed oh, from the he, ring he threw his he in front of the ref picks up a chair hucks it in the ring and but the thing is it happened in picture in picture which was extremely stupid because if you're having a hard time if i actually had to rewind that three times to see who i i assumed that because taz went down there taz threw the chair and got him sent away but then it took me like three watchings in the little corner like oh oh Arn, and then they referenced it afterwards yeah. too yeah. but i actually had to watch it three times to catch arn picking up the chair and throwing it in and i'm like i don't get this storyline why on earth is old coach arn Hucking chairs around. That's yeah, such a heel. Cool. That's such a heel move. Yeah. 
So well, maybe maybe Cody's not listening to him and he's getting ticked off. So I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The number five. <laughs> but I've got to say this. Uh very fun overall. Yeah. Uh sure, we've nitpicked a few things, but I can't say there I know you fast forward through Cassidy versus um Kip, yep. I watched it. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't yeah, like, yeah. oh God, which we've seen matches like that even just as early as last week. Um, overall, let's uh, go to pull out our report card for this week and let's give our report cards from A to F. And just to give you guys a clarification as a report card, A would be like 80, was it 85 to 100? Or even a 80 would, to 100. Yeah. 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 A and B would be like, what, uh, 60 to. To 80? 79 to 65. A C would be like 64 to, to like... 50. Because yeah. 50 is a C. As long as you get 50, a C, you yeah. pass. Yeah, yeah, uh, D would be like uh, uh, low, and F would be a total failure. Yeah. Nobody uses E. E is not even an effort. I don't know why we never use it. Hey, yeah. yeah. E, e is excellent. <laughs> Sorry, how did that work? Um, okay, so if we dig... If we dig in, uh, let's let's rate our show for the week. Elio, what kind of grade are you going to give this week's show? So I liked this show. It was one of the better ones. I'm going to go with a B plus. B plus. So you're figuring it was around maybe a seventy seven percent. Yeah. Okay. All right, Andy. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid B. A solid B. So you're okay. Uh, because I enjoyed it and I've struggled for some of them, I'm going to give it an A this week, uh, but like a low A. You know, like we're, we're talking like around 80%, okay? Maybe like an A minus? Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, let's go with A minus. I'm going to give it an A minus this week, telling you that it's right on that level of like just past a B, not quite superstar, but a solid show all around. The, the women's match was definitely the star of the match. Lots of stories. Unfortunately, the inner circle has made way too many stories. Uh, some good progression. Good use of promos this week. Each promo yeah. here, except for the Brandy Rhodes promo, came off pretty good and that wasn't really a promo that was more of like a vignette kind yeah. of a thing than a promo so yeah and it, it and you know, i guess when i say promos i i actually meant like vignettes backstage and segments yeah. Yeah. yeah things that aren't wrestling related i i'll say that was the only one i felt that fell flat okay and uh that's only because you really shouldn't be given somebody who has absolutely no camera time or wrestling time national television exposure to try and carry a story not sure what they're thinking there. Um, but yeah, overall, solid outing this week. God, I hope this trend continues. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, anything we want to talk about before we wrap things up, Andy? You got anything? Uh, no, like you said, overall, it was uh, one of their better shows. So that was good to see. And yeah, I, I hope that trend can continue. Uh, you know, for those that have kind of followed along, I'm kind of bigger on the emotional you know, I often say the emotional investment the emotional connection uh, the storytelling and I think we're starting to see a little bit more of that right now and uh, I'm happy to see that and I hope that continues because I, I right now I, I kind of like the stories that they're working with and and up until up up to today who who is who's not living to the potential story you wish there was is there anybody on the cards right now that you're like man they're not using this dude right or I'm not <sighs> Really, you're going to ask me that question? Yeah, because I know what you're going to say. The first one, I know Miro is going to be the biggest one. Miro is the absolute, yeah, um, yeah. You know what? For 
you know, when we look back at having so much, only so much TV time, he, mm-hmm. he's the one to me that I, I think could be a difference maker uh, had he, you know, been in a different role. And, and, I, and that's how I'm going to stick with my pick. Um, you know, if we got talking a bit more, I could probably say like, oh yeah, well, I could see some stories being done here. I could see a little mm-hmm. bit more here, but just the overall in general Miro coming in, it's, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's been, but to me, it's been so flat, so disappointing. And and I, and I really like him, and that's why I say that, and that's why it yeah. bugs me. No, I get that. I get that. Elio, uh, what did you love the most about this uh, this week's episode? Um, for the opening match, uh, Top Flight's mm-hmm. debut. I enjoyed the women's match, and mm-hmm. overall, uh, that and the John Silver uh, segment was. <laughs> Fun and uh, yeah, just uh, a fun show this week. Anyone besides Miro that you wish that there was a little bit more focus on? I can't think of anyone off, and that's uh, that's the first name for me, Miro. Yeah. Um, For me, the highlight was definitely the women's match, and the debut of Top Flight was good and interesting stuff. Uh, We yeah, Miro is a problem, but where the hell is Adam Page? I mean, how are you going to keep this guy if you're not even going to give him any TV time? He's just going to fade into obscurity. I think that's a danger that they have right now. So where is he? And I really hate how they jerk around uh, SCU. You know, uh, they're nothing until somebody challenges them one week. And where's FTR? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, not a mention of them. But again, when you only have two hours of programming, it's tough. I know, I know, I get that, I get that. But did we really need to see Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy when uh, those guys are bigger? <laughs> I agree, I yeah. agree. But all right, so fans, we want to thank you for tuning in. It uh, it was uh, a fun, uh, like we said, it was nice to be able to have a show that was more uh, on the scale of fun and interesting. Because there have been times, of course, where we get a show where it's just like, oh, like the go home show, where you're just like. <laughs> What a chore to watch, you know? Yeah. So the it's going nowhere good. show as you coined it. Yeah, the going nowhere show. Um, so yeah. Um keep tuning in though. Keep supporting wrestling. Doesn't have to be just AEW. Check out all the other shows. MLW just made their show. Uh Elio saw it, said it was a good show. I'm gonna mm-hmm. check it out this week. NXT UK. Uh you know what? There's a match that happened on NXT UK, which I'm almost gonna think might end up coming out of our vault as the match of the year. Um We'll see. You know, there's some good stuff happening all over in wrestling. And uh, once again, we're depressingly still in the middle of quarantine. And it's hard to keep um, to keep a, a good face about it, to keep your spirits up. Um, I keep talking about being good and, and trying, wear your mask, do stuff. Uh, I'll tell you something. Today happened today where, uh, you know, I'm getting frustrated. And, you know, what I said probably wasn't the nicest thing in the world to somebody. Uh, but then again, the way they did it about it was like, kind of like, you know, j- jabbed me into saying something mean. I, w- I was in Costco shopping and uh, we're doing some stuff and my, the guy's packing. We, we come up with my son and he's in the cart and Karen's like, well, we're going to have to take him out of the cart. He's not allowed to be in there. And the girl turns around and she goes, oh no, he can be in there. We're just not going to pack your groceries if he is. I'm like, okay, so whatever. I take him out, put him down. We push him over. The guy starts putting all the, she, my wife had put a box in the thing. And he's starting to put everything into the cart, but nothing in the box. She just looks at him and then he's like, oh, oh. and then he starts packing the box up, right? And my son wanders over to the cart 
and I just couldn't grab him. And he turns around and says to me, um, excuse me, but you're going to have to stand behind the uh, plastic uh, barrier. Okay, now here's the thing. There is no plastic barrier there. It's over on the till. Right. Five feet away from. There's no. Pla so, so I said, oh, oh, right. I'll go stand behind the non-existent uh, plastic <laughs> barrier so you'll be safe, moron. I got it. And he decided to know what to say to me after I called him a moron, right? Because wow. <laughs> I did. I was just like, really? You're telling that to a guy for getting his kid? Oh, yeah. Go stand. Yeah. Okay, moron. You'll be safe behind the invisible non-existent thing here. Yeah. Now, that was not you nice heal. to me, folks. Yeah, uh, That was not nice to me. But at the same time, too, do we have to be dicky about it? Do we have to go up and say, hey, you put your mask back on? I don't know. Like, I, I, I will wear my mask. I have no problem. But at the same time, I can't judge if that person has a medical condition walking around. It's yeah. not my place to walk up and say, hey, put your mask back on. You know, it's not your place. I'm sure there's some people who it's their place. Maybe their security goes, I don't know, whatever. But the more we get into this and the longer it goes, we got to stop being more superior and Yes. over things and that's what's happening i see a lot uh not just the people who refuse to wear the mask the idiots who think that this is all a conspiracy both sides but then there's also us people on the other side who are being like oh look at that guy's not wearing a mask oh who let him in oh that is just making things worse let's just try and be better to each other is, is that too much to ask i don't know maybe it is but uh <laughs> watch wrestling be good to each other and like i say every week elio Say goodnight to the good people. Right. Fans, we will talk to you all next week.